Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Friday, it is Cody and Gold minus Cody. He'll be back with us on Monday. Alex Gold, Drew Nixon with you. Just two of us for the first hour. Then I got Pete Sweeney stopping by from 11 to noon. Our Chiefs insider from Arrowhead Pride. We'll talk all things Chiefs with him. And then Josh Vernier. Royals baseball is on the air today. How good is that? Royals baseball, 2 o'clock this afternoon. Spring training gets underway. The lineup is out. Make all the jokes you want. Bobby Wood Jr. not in the lineup today. Gets that big contract. Uh, no. Uh, Vinny Pasquantino, though, is in the lineup. So at 2 o'clock today, when we get off the air, we'll hand things off to the Royals Radio Network. Looking forward to that. But Vern will actually join me prior to that from noon to 2. We'll talk a ton of Royals, but we'll also talk Chiefs and everything else. Uh, plus, I'll get his perspective on the trash of the day. Looking forward to that conversation. You guys can... Of course, hit us up on the Jay's Southland Toe Service text line, 913-586-7610. And we are streaming, as always, on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube. Looks like everything's good to go on that end. So uh, looking forward to hanging out with you guys for the next four hours or so. I, I wanted to start, though, with, with something that I've seen come up a lot when we've discussed Chris Jones and what a deal looks like and what are you as a fan right now as it sits in 2024 going to be okay with in 2025 and 2026 because that that does matter based off of if you're telling me you want Chris Jones here long term and I don't know who really doesn't 
what are you willing to accept as potential performance down the road if he is making the kind of money it is likely to take? And the the example that we get asked a lot about, and that's why I wanted to start the show with it on the text line, is Aaron Donald. We know over the last couple of years, it has always been, hey, Chris Jones thinks he should get Aaron Donald money. He thinks his play has been at the Aaron Donald level. And at least for one full season, it was. You'll hear from Mitchell Schwartz, who was on with Carrington yesterday, talk about whether or not he thinks Jones is worth a, a Chris Jones deal. But here are where the comparisons and similarities lie. So Aaron Donald, we all know, after the Rams Super Bowl win against Drew Cincinnati Bengals. Sorry, buddy. We know he That's got okay. he we know he got an extension. Three years, $95 million. That happened when he was 31 years old. The difference here on Chris Jones, we know he won't be 30 until the start of the season. So he'll be a year younger when he's trying to get a similar type of type of deal. Aaron Donald at this point is in the final year of the, the extension. There's there's dead dead years at the end of it, right? Where even though the void years, I should say. So when he's 34, $16 million dollars. Uh, on a cap hit, and then when he's 35, it's a void year uh, of $8 million when he'll be 35 years old, and I'm guessing this could be the final year for, for Aaron Donald in the NFL. But are you okay with when he's 33 years old making $33 million, $34 million based on production? And I think a lot of you would do the trade-off here. So we know what Chris Jones has been. This particular season, he ends up with 10.5 sacks the prior season, 15 and a half. We know Kansas City was not willing to meet his price this past offseason. Now he's coming off the season in which he helped to win a Super Bowl. Didn't have as many sacks. Still was dominant at times, to say the least. Played in a few less games, or a le- one less game, I should say, with week one. But he's a year older. So if I told you that next year, on a brand new deal, that is going to average out to be close to $30 million, a number, by the way, the Chiefs weren't willing to go to a year ago, And next year, when he's only 30, he has another double-digit sack season, but the next two years. So when he's 31 and 32, what if I told you they were the same as Aaron Donald, production-wise? Because the last two years of Aaron Donald, when he was 31, he only played in 11 games, five sacks. Last year, when he's 32, played in 16 games, had eight sacks. I think that is the conversation you have to have, obviously, internally as an organization, but also as a fan. Are you good with Chris Jones in two years making like $32 million, but maybe as an eight-sack guy? I, I feel like the, the fact that Brett Veach has proven himself to be a very good drafter, uh, particularly on, on the defensive side, I think it w- would ease your mind a little bit, With even though even if his production was single-digit sacks for one of, if not both, of the last two two years on the deal, I think that's reasonable for people to take because they know while his production level may be a little bit lower, you know that you can draft a guy that could be his eventual replacement that he can come in and groom, and it's not going to be that bad of a transition period, I guess, in terms of him getting more PT, the rookie, and then Chris Jones finishing out his, his contract. I think that gives you a little bit more ease as opposed to if you – we're go, saying you were going all in and you needed to have him get double-digit sacks the final year of the contract and you, you just know he's not going to be able to do it because Father Time catches up to him or whatever the case may may be. Nine one three five eight six seven six ten. I, I, I My assumption is that most fans, if I gave them the trade-off of, hey, 
Chris Jones is locked up for three more years. That means he's here next season. And there's this uh, path where maybe his cap hit isn't much like you were alluding to, Drew. Next year, it gives you the opportunity to even franchise tag Legereus Sneed still for one more year. And so basically, I'm giving you one more season of Chris Jones and Sneed together. I think most people would sign up for that, even if it means the two years after when he's 32-33 that perhaps whether it's injury or just performance, he's no longer the guy that you're paying to be $33 million a year. Like that's the, that's the yeah. hang up for me. Like I want Chris Jones back. This team doesn't win the Super Bowl this past year. If it wasn't for Chris Jones, I mean, he was part of reason why this defense of course was as good as it was. And I think it's hard to argue that Chris Jones is not more valuable than Legereus Sneed is to this defense. And that's not a shot at Legereus. He was incredible this season, but just positional value. Mm. And the chiefs have shown they've actually had a lot of success developing at the cornerback position. And so I, I feel that's the balance and you have to be okay with that. If you're, if you're a chiefs fan right now and say, you're, you, you got to find a way to bring them back. Then in two years, you, you, you only way you almost have to be good then with the possibility, not a guarantee, but the possibility that he is suddenly like a seven or eight sack guy. Again, I gave you the numbers, what Aaron Donald has been since the contract extension. Chris is a year younger, but uh, at the time of signing it, if they get if it gets signed, but five sacks and eight sacks and only played eleven games one of those years. It, and it, it's easy to say, well, if they win a you know, if if they threepeat, then it's totally worth the money. I think that there's, if for I guess for lack of a better phrase, if they signed him to this three year deal, not not that you're going all in, but you're wanting to get you you need to get a Super Bowl out of those three years that Chris Jones is there. I think otherwise you could say, well, the contract wasn't necessarily. Well, well spent because it didn't, you know, the trade-off wasn't a ring. I guess you could say the same thing with Aaron Donald, where he wins the Super Bowl, gets the deal, and the Rams, if he, if they don't win it this year, they won't have won one in his yeah, contract like, here. But I feel like there's the having the trade-off is good, but I think you need to having the payoff of a Super Bowl obviously ends the question of whether or not it was a good signing or not. Because if you get the touch, if you get the Super Bowl, then it paid off. Yeah, I'm not even looking at Aaron Donald and, and how it's turned out the last few years that, oh, they haven't won a ring since. We all know that the Rams sold out and and yeah. won the ring, and they always knew they were going to have major cap issues. The Chiefs, fortunately, are not in that spot, uh, even at the time of a potential signing. Like they are, The Rams already knew when they were talking to Aaron Donald about the extension that they, were, they had already, prior to that even discussion occurring, they had already mortgaged their future to win that one ring, and they won it. The Chiefs potentially could have been impacted in three years by what could be viewed as a bad deal, but this upcoming season, they're actually in pretty decent shape in the cap spot. They're not anywhere near where the Rams were at, and they're just a better team than what the Rams were roster-wise after winning their Super Bowl against Cincinnati. Go ahead. Which is why, to your point of tagging Legereus Sneed, why why not do it for for this one year? You know you're going to lose Sneed after this upcoming season, but 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 you tag him. You you keep everybody around who has basically been around that you can. You make sure that the defense is as good as it was, as good as it could be compared to last year going into the season. The offense obviously is going to upgrade itself. I think that also is the other thing too, that even if if you re-sign Chris Jones and the the amount of impact that he has goes down a little bit. You know that an offense that had nobody other than Rasheed Rice and Kelsey as a receiving core is going to get upgraded. So while his production may dissipate a little bit, you know that the offense is going to hopefully pick back up 
where they were and what we're used to seeing from the past couple of years with you know the output of production at the wide receiver position. Former Chiefs offensive lineman Mitchell Schwartz, he talked with CDOT yesterday on the drive, and Carrington asked him, is Chris Jones worth this Aaron Donald type of deal? Is Aaron Donald the true top of the market, and then does he want inflation increases on top of that? Because two years ago was his best season. That was his first season when you kind of dive into like the stats and the advanced stuff that he played more similar to an Aaron Donald level. Um, you know, Chris plays a lot. He's on the field a lot. So some of the stats look really good in terms of the, the total volume of it. But when you look at kind of a snap-by-snap basis and the impact, um, he's had a lot of really good seasons where he's the second best guy in the league or, or in that top five. He's really only had that one season where he was truly at Donald's level in terms of some of the advanced data. So that's probably the Chiefs' perspective, saying you've only done this once. We're not going to like pay you when Aaron Donald did this eight straight years in a row. Um, so it's interesting. You don't really know what's going on unless you're in those rooms, and we're not in that room. So that's Mitchell Schwartz yesterday on the drive. I, I, I still think the, the one hurdle that's tough for me to get over is just what has changed in the Chiefs' mind that would prompt them to now – give him the deal they weren't willing to give him a year ago. And you may just say simply, uh, duh, man, they're they're going for a three-peat. That, that's what's changed. Maybe yeah. so. I, I don't know if you can operate that way when this front office has done such a good job of having this you know, broader approach to, to extending this window out. Because a year ago, they weren't willing to give him the Aaron Donald type of deal. They, they weren't willing to do that. Now he's a year older, and not that he – look, he was still phenomenal this season – but he had less sacks. Like what? Why would you now be willing to get to that dollar amount? And if you're Chris Jones, I don't doubt that he wants to be in Kansas City. But are you now so close to tasting the open market? Like if you don't get tagged by what is it, March fifth? If you don't get tagged there, you get quote unquote freedom, right? Like you, you get the open market. Yeah. You get to really get the maybe the deal. Somebody will give you the money you're you're actually looking for, and you were looking for a year ago. So that's what's tricky, I think, about like my mind to get to where I think the Chiefs actually are going to get this thing done. But it sounds like in reading text, a lot of people also are factoring in, hey, it's not just that even in two years, if you think Chris Jones dips to a seven and a half, eight sack guy. But what is the impact it has on, as you were alluding to, Drew, Karloftis and for that matter, Felix and Yudike Uzama, who's a complete wild card right now. Mm-hmm. We just we just don't know what he's going to be. Um, I don't think it's fair to to say for sure that he's not going to be productive or he is going to be productive. This is going to be a massive season, obviously, for Felix and Yudike Uzama. But are you confident that if Chris Jones is not part of the picture on the defensive line, that Karloftis can go from being on a 10.5 sack guy? Does he have the next step, the next gear to be a 12-plus sack guy and and, and be that productive without Chris Jones? Remember, Charles Amenehu going to miss a chunk of next year if they choose to not cut him. Mm. So... I want Chris Jones back, but I just struggle to find why the Chiefs now would be willing to do something they weren't willing to do a year ago. Yeah, and to to that point, I guess, and that reason, if ultimately it comes back to you know age and when how old he would be when it ends up, and, and he's been great, but they're, they're, if they do move on, not to say that this would actually happen, but the second guy in terms of a free agent D-tackle is Justin Matabuke from Baltimore, Projected contract-wise, he's projected to have $7 million less a year for a four-year deal. He's also 26. Chris Jones is 29. Not to say that there's there, there's not a lack of options outside of Chris Jones, which I think allows the Chiefs to really think about it 
a little bit more and not just like if, if they're if the market was bad and this upcoming draft is is okay at that defensive tackle position, maybe you're more inclined to pay that money in and just deal with it as it comes. But the fact that the market, I think, is a little bit stronger from a free agent perspective, I, and I, I think it allows the Chiefs to really weigh their options and think to themselves, if we move on from, from Chris Jones, maybe we can get a guy who's not as good, but is still a very good defensive tackle who can create pressure, get sacks, that isn't going to cost as much, and we still have a solid defense around whoever that may be. We'll talk more about this with Pete Sweeney, our, our Chiefs insider. He's going to co-host with me in the 11 o'clock hour today as uh, we'll have multiple people stopping by throughout the show. Vern will stop by in the noon hour. I, I do want to get to something that broke right after we got off the air yesterday, uh, and that was punter news, which is not normally something we talked about. I think this is interesting, though. If you were listening on Wednesday, we were going through stay or go. Right? I think Drew was throwing out some players to Cody and I, right? And you yeah. threw out Tommy Townsend. We did. And then we said, probably go because you're, you're not going to be able to pay the highest paid kicker or one of the highest paid kickers and maybe the highest paid punter to go with the highest or one of the highest paid quarterbacks and et cetera, as we're talking about what they may have to do for Chris Jones. And so if there's a position that you can uh, not pay the highest money, it's, it's punter as much as everybody likes Tommy Townsend. And then fast forward to yesterday afternoon and his fate is pretty much sealed. It's pretty obvious. Uh, they're going in a different direction as the chief sign Matt Ariza, the former six round pick of the Buffalo bills uh, punt God, as he was called in college yeah. out of San Diego state. And by now I'm sure a lot of you have read up a little bit on the backstory there, the controversy that surrounded him for a while. Um, the fact that a, a civil suit now has been dismissed in December, opened the door for somebody to sign him. It, it still happens. It's the chiefs, but this all stems from the suit that accused him of sexual assault and a gang rape at a party authorities declined to pursue criminal charges against him and determined he was not even at the party or inside the house when that rape occurred. And so that's why he is clear to play in the NFL again. And again, somebody, somebody was going to sign him. I actually think from a, from a football and business end is a really, really smart move by Brett Veach in the front office. Again, we're talking about punter. I understand, but Tommy Townsend made like 2.7 million or something like that last year. You and I looked up the highest paid punter this past year made nearly four. So we're not talking a ton of money, but if there's an area on your 53 man roster, when you're trying to three P and you're trying to figure out a window yeah. that you're like, I don't need to pay the top dollar on. It's probably punter. Not to mention Matt Ariza <laughs> just has a, like a cannon for a leg, 80 yard just punts in college. Flip I mean, the was... field, man. Like you, you go three and out and you're inside your own 14 yard line or 15 yard line. I mean, I mean, he, he can kick it to the, I mean, he, he could completely flip the field. To the opposite 20, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just insane. And so we'll, we'll see. Plus, reports are uh, this morning that he signed a minimum deal with, you know, some injury guarantees, I'm sure some other things in there as well. So you're saving, I mean, they may have signed him to uh, like a seven hundred or $900,000 deal on the, on the books for next year versus paying Tommy Townsend, who will likely get three and a half million a year somewhere, if not more next year, he signed drew Rosenhaus to be his agent. I think from a football angle, this is smart. You, you may have, you might end up upgrading or getting the same time of punting ability drew with way less money. Yeah, no, no, I think that that that's the, the payoff is it ends up being, you know, if everything's good with, with Matt, which it seems to be you know, from a football perspective, a really good move to, to get that transition where you don't even have to, there, there's not even a, Hey, we, we, we might have to draft a guy or we just got to take an undrafted punter to see if we can get somebody different. I mean, th this guy was drafted. I think he, 
I don't know if he was the highest drafted punter in his class, but obviously if you're drafting a punter, that guy's got to be pretty legit. And then you look at his college highlights and just see how good he was um, while at San Diego State. And, I mean, the, the, the payoff could be dramatic. And also, this being said, uh, this is a good opportunity for the Chiefs' biggest rival and the Bengals to hop on the Tommy Townsend bandwagon and bring him in because they need a punter uh, as badly as anybody else. But it is interesting when you look at the, the, the – I think – this is a move that might even be forgotten by the time. It's not going to be forgotten by Chiefs fans, but this is a deal that Adam Schefter sends out that tweet yesterday, and people are probably like, oh, the main thing is coming from the allegations that all happened while he was at San Diego State. People are like, oh, it's a punter. Who cares? But come December or January, when you need to flip the field, and if Arise is back there and he bombs a 75-yard punt, people are going to freak out and say, that's a heck of a punt. And it's like, yeah, this is a great signing by yeah. Brett Veach, it goes. It could go all the way back to what Brett Veach has done in terms of adjusting the cap just a little bit, the smooth transition that the Chiefs have made from one guy to another, and it, it could be a a great blessing for them come you know January yeah. and December when you need a guy who's on low money to make a big time impact yeah, this, in a game. This is a financial decision only. Like I see the people on the text line yeah. are saying Tommy Townsend was awesome in Kansas City. Yeah, it's not ability thing. It's the fact that Tommy Townsend, because of that ability. Signs through Rosenhaus, he's going to get paid. Like for by a punter standard, he's going to go get a very nice contract from somebody this off season. And so this was about finances. And this particular season, he was good in the uh, the Super Bowl. He was really good in the Super Bowl. But there yeah. are metrics. I hate. I'm not, I can't believe I'm about to bring up punting metrics. But it was not <laughs> his best season in the time he's in Kansas City. I saw somebody actually put that in the last three years. Uh, Tommy Townsend, when it came from net yards punt, this year he was 20th out of 32. The year prior, he was first. His rookie season, he was fourth. So it wasn't like it wasn't as good of a season for him. It just wasn't. But I think this was all a financial uh, move for Kansas City. They can get a guy on a minimum deal at a punter, the position of punter. I mean, you're I, paying he, the guy 25% of what you're paying or what you would have paid Tommy Townsend to be potentially just as good as he was, if not better, yeah, last yeah. season. Was, what about holding for Butker? I, I That's one of those where, like, Dave Tobe, I hired Dave Tobe for a reason. I pay Dave Tobe for a reason if I'm the Chiefs. Like, if there's any ounce of concern that by the time they get to the season, my guess is Winchester, Ariza, Butker, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll get that operation figured out. Remember yeah. there was the freak out a year ago because Dustin Colquitt came on this show, I think, or this station, I'm sorry. And and there was that comment about like Tommy Townsend couldn't hold or whatever, and then that ended within two weeks, and then now nobody ever complained about it. So I'm not really concerned about the uh, the Matariza holding for Harrison Butker thing. They have all off season to work together to I'm, get that fee. That is very uh, low, tiny, very tiny low. Thing. Uh, plus, Harrison Butker has been this. Something tells me Harrison Butker will get that thing figured out with him along with Dave Tobe. But yeah, it was it was just a really thought uh, smart move. I think financially and even maybe football wise for the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up in 10 minutes, though, what's the first big move you guys think the Chiefs are making this offseason? We'll tell you what one national outlet has to say are best fits for the top 50 players, which include a couple of current Chiefs and a couple of players that could wind up perhaps in Kansas City. But I did see uh, this crazy story heading into the weekend. Uh, Drew, you're the golf guy on the show between the two of us. That is for sure. We know you went golfing. I don't know if you bet on golf very often or not. Um, No, not really, but sometimes. Do you know the golf the golfer Carl Juan? Uh, or Jan? I don't know how it's pronounced. I do not. Carl Y-U-A-N. One better wagered $6,500 for him to win the Mexico oh. Open this weekend. Okay. He used four different apps in kiosks at two casinos in upstate New York. He would win over $524,000 if 
this guy wins his first PGA Tour event. And you're probably saying, like, why why $6,575? Why are you doing this? Well, because on Monday, this better, who must obviously have some money, said in a tweet he would bet $5 on this golfer for every like the tweet got in a 24-hour period. And a lot of times nice. you see those that are like, they're full of crap. Like yeah. around the, the Mega Millions, someone will be like, oh, if you like this, I'll give everybody that likes this $1,000 oh, or whatever. Yeah. You're like, okay, whatever. Well, he ended up with 1,315 likes. And so he, he made the bet. And I guess he had to go to different casinos to pull it off because they were probably limiting him. How's a uh, good old Carl, Carl doing in the tournament? Uh, I haven't checked today, but after round one, he was even. He was eight shots off the lead. <laughs> so he's got some work to do. Yikes. He's got some work to do. Could you imagine if this... Because the guy said, I will bet on this this golfer for every like I get. He didn't say I'm splitting with the money. So if this dude won because of all this... He was keeping it. But yeah, he would get 524000 Probably him for actually making the bet because I think a lot of people... He probably did it as a joke originally, or you would have thought, at least, like you were saying. I mean, it seems like a waste of money, though, right? Uh, yes, a complete waste of money, but... I mean, he. I guess he paid off what he said. I, it's not like he just did it and was like, oh, yeah, no, I actually didn't do it. I was trying to see the updated leaderboard. I don't know if he's teed off today. Uh, he's tied for 51st. He's one under now through six today. So he's he's he's, he's he, he, better he better than he was last night. He but. better stay there, otherwise he'll miss the cut. Yeah. Yikes, that's tough. One under the leader is uh, nine under. Can you imagine throwing 65, 75 down the drain on Carl uh, Young? I don't think so. If I'm betting that much money, I'm betting on the favorite. I'll say that, at least. But that was the whole point of why people... But yes. That was the whole tweet thing. We're, I've we're never heard this. of this guy in my life. I, I have not either. I figured you would. I rely on you for the golf knowledge here. The PGA Tour is really circling a lot of new guys in, and I... I maybe it's because I don't pay too much attention to just, like, the regular tournaments, such as the Mexico Open. Um, some of the other ones I'll watch, especially, I don't know if Tiger's playing, but there's a lot of guys cycling in with Liv taking all the... Uh, the high-profile names that gives uh, other guys an opportunity. All right, we're just getting started here on a Friday. It's Cody and Gold, Alex Gold, Drew Nixon with you. Pete Sweeney will join us in about a half hour. Up next, the first big move you think the Chiefs are going to make, and what do some of the experts think that move is? Next. Back here on Cody and Gold, just getting started on a Friday. Alex Gold, Drew Nixon with you. We'll get to a move the Royals made in official in the last hour or so, but reports last night and what that move could mean for the future of a few Royals players and what it tells us about this 2024 season. Again, the Royals spring training gets underway this afternoon right here on 610 Sports Radio. Two o'clock, you'll hear uh, the Royals take on the Rangers. And uh, yes, Drew, at some point, and I'll wait till Vern comes in, but I'm probably going to have to put like five bucks on something related to the spring training game. Just something. Just just something to give me even more reason to care. What do they have like, like during it's, spring training? I mean, uh, is it more than just money line and spread? And yeah, so because as you saw the lineup today, it's like it's you know Bobby Witt's not even in the lineup and things like that. And the pitchers are going to pitch for one inning, you know, and that's right. that's all you're getting right now. Yeah, just money line. Closer to first pitch, sometimes and later in spring training, you'll get some opportunities to do other bets. But right now, the Royals are plus 114 on the money line, and the Rangers are the favorites to win at minus 140. Over under 9.5 on DraftKings. So DraftKings is giving you totals? Okay. See, in FanDuel, I can't even find the total. So It's 9.5. Usually high scoring. Yeah, I was going to say spring training is. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if I'll do total, but I'll I'll throw five bucks on the Royals or the Rangers, something like that, for the for the game this afternoon. Can't I'll bet, ask Vern for some. some too bad we can't bet Vinny gets a home run in his third at bat, like you guys are saying. Yeah. 
last year we would have been in good shape if uh, if that was an opportunity. We'll we'll see. Obviously, uh, Vinny Pasquantino joined us yesterday on the show. If you missed that interview, you can find it on the uh, the Odyssey app and six ten sports dot com. Uh, so the big moves to come this off season uh, for the Chiefs, and, and and what does that actually look like? And we've gone through the scenarios of what they may have to do financially with a couple of these positions corner and defensive line in particular. So for a second, when I say first big move, the chiefs will make this off season. Let me take away what they decide to do with Chris Jones and Snead, because I think that's, that's kind of obvious, right? Like the, one of the first biggest moves is going to be whether or not they tag Snead or whether or not they sign Chris Jones to a long-term deal. Like those are the first big moves. But if we take that out of it, I actually think it might be signing a left tackle going out in free agency and and Mm. finding a left tackle and a long-term answer there. Now ESPN put out their best fits for the top 50 players. They perceive to be available in free agency. And so the number one player in free agency is obviously Chris Jones. And as I said, they list best team fit as the chiefs. And if the chiefs end up making a decision on, on that, that obviously is the first big move that they have to make a decision on. But further down, if you're taking a look at some of the names and some of the players, what caught my attention was also Legere Sneed was the 11th best free agent. They have the best fit being the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, which is, w- would be, yeah, for Philadelphia, they would love to have Legere Sneed. Uh, and then where I'm talking about is tackle. And I'm not sold on the name they mentioned, but I do think left tackle is somewhere that they have to address. So they list Tyron Smith, former Dallas Cowboy. But man, the guy has missed 30 plus games in the last four years. Donovan Smith was injury prone, um, but he really only had one injured season in Tampa prior to coming to Kansas City. And then this year, we know towards the end of the season, he got hurt, but then played really good in, in the in the postseason. Smith is definitely an upgrade when he's healthy, but the dude can't stay healthy. That's That's what scares me quite a bit for going that particular route. But I do think the first big move, other than uh, making a decision on Cedar Jones, might actually surprise people, and it might be an offensive lineman and not Oh, man, Mike Evans or Michael Pittman. I guess, is Chris Jones count as, as a big move, I guess? I mean, in this equation, I know he's played well, yes, on. Yes, I said, I, I, I'm kind, it does, does it, but I'm kind of assuming, obviously, that's going to, one way or the other, that's going to first big move. Whether they sign him long-term or whether he walks, that's their big move, right? Uh, it'll be interesting to see with the, I mean, I guess based on whatever happens, whether it be a wide receiver, I think wide receiver, they're going to draft no matter what. If they bring in a tackle in free agency, I don't even know if they address that position in the first couple of rounds because they've already got the answer there. They might draft a guy for depth. Oh, I, you're good I, with Wanya Morris? Well, well no, I'm, I'm saying if they sign a guy in free agency, then we know where they're going at in the draft. Gotcha. If, if they don't sign a guy in free agency, then I think tackle is a possibility at, at 32. It, it'll just depend on what happens here in the next couple of weeks. I, I think they're more likely to sign... A wide receiver, maybe not a, a big name guy, but I, and I guess maybe that's not a the, a big move that they make. But I mean, if you sign a guy to be the third wide receiver, I still think it's enough given how badly the wide receiver room looked the, this past year. I, I think that's the the route that they go first before looking anywhere else because I think it still opens up things on the table for them to draft a tackle in the draft or or, or sign somebody in free agency. Yeah. The problem is though, I, I guess. It depends on who's coming off the board quickly and who, of course, is having those communications already. I mean, who do you 
Who do you want? I mean, Tyron Smith is 33 years old. I don't know if that's a, a turnoff by I, any means. I want means, a but... long-term solution, and that's why I say. So I, I, I would like them to go off and tackle, but I don't. I don't know if Tyron Smith is the is the guy that, even though he's listed as a top 20 free agent available, is that's the route I want to go. I, I don't want a one-year stopgap or a two-year stopgap. And I know when you say long-term, it's the NFL. You're you're not signing a, a left tackle unless you drafted him. You're not ha- signing a free agent left tackle that's probably going to be with you for six years. I'm, uh, we're you talking like a four-year guy, a three-plus-year left tackle, and I don't know if Smith's that answer either Trent because Brown? of his his injury history. I'd be uh, you know that'd be intrigued, but that's also another guy. What's his injury history lately? How many games has he played in the last couple of seasons? You know that that yeah. I, I want someone that's going to be available. The I, I hear you on the the depth in the draft, and I know we've talked to our guy Bink about this. Tackle I, I is the direction deep, is the tackle is deep in the draft. However, one are they willing to spend pick thirty two on a tackle, and is Andy Reid willing to start a rookie left tackle? Because this past year when they drafted Wani Morris, that was a mid round pick, not a not a first pick. Yeah, but a mid round pick that was a debate and question we had, and they kind of answered it for us a little bit. They went and still went and signed the veteran. And Wanya Morris only started a couple games because Donovan Smith got hurt. Once Donovan Smith was healthy, they put Donovan Smith right back in, not Wanya Morris. I think Wanya Morris has a chance to compete for the job, but what's the competition? Is it, hey, we feel good about Wanya Morris. We're going to bring in a veteran. and We're going to give Wanya every opportunity to win it, but we're going to bring in a veteran. Or is it, we're going to bring in a veteran and he's our guy for two years and, and we'll, we'll see where Wanya fits in. Because if they draft another tackle... Then what? You draft a tackle in the first round. That's the guy that you want to win the job. That Wani Morris then at that point is just just depth for you. If you're drafting a left tackle in the first round, I think he almost has to start. Correct. Because, because unlike Felix Andidiki Uzama, you obviously had depth at that position anyways. But that was more of a best player available project type of pick. If you're drafting a left tackle, one of the premier positions in the league, I think he has to start. I I just. And has I know, to start. It's just Andy Reid normal like starting rookie at left tackle. I know the position's deep, but I, I guess. Maybe it comes down to their their trust in Wanya Morris, I guess, as to whether or not they actually. I think bringing in a veteran is 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 smart for the reason of Wanya's still young. Yes, he got some reps, but bringing in a guy like whoever it may be, Trent Brown. Uh, they got Mike on Wayne, who also from the Patriots, who is a little bit lower than Trent Brown in the tackle uh, cat category. But if you bring in a guy that's got some experience, a little bit older, on say a two or three year deal. You see how it works out, and it's not like you're dedicating a lot, of, a ton of money to that position, and maybe you still draft a tackle in like the second round and see if he develops, or if Wanye you think can get even better than what he was. I, I, I think wide receiver is the first position because there's multiple. They, they they need not just one or two. They they need probably three of them. So they go that route, and then they might look at who at where where the money lines up for some of these tackles and then they go from there i i i, I don't know if i can the, I guess put it in as yes they're going to go for a tackle first it depends on the which wide receiver you you think they're getting because if it's the one of the first days of free agency then it's going to be a mike evans uh you know if t higgins didn't get tagged it'd be a mike evans t higgins michael pittman junior uh, Hollywood Brown type, you know, if it's if it's Curtis Samuel or Gabe Davis, I don't know if you those are guys you have to sign on day one. You know, like that, that may not be the, the the guys that are you know during the legal tampering period already being reported as potential signees. Now, yeah. if they're going and getting the best left tackle available, that's the guy that's signed day one. If they're going and getting the best uh, you know defensive tackle outside of Chris Jones available, then that's a, that's a, that's a day one thing. So much of this is just going to be sorted out with how they handle Chris Jones between now and the next. Uh, what twelve plus days? That I mean that that's 
what's going to dictate how, A, how much money they can spend, but also what are their actual needs and is there any trades in play? If you were curious, though, so ESPN Plus put out, as I said, their best fits for some of the top free agents. They listed uh, Austin Eckler, best fit, Kansas City. Legereus Sneed, best fit to the Eagles. Chris Jones, best fit to Kansas City. Um, and, and then, uh, in particular, they were they were going through a few other positions. And the reason why we were discussing um, potentially who else could come to Kansas City other than Austin Eckler, I just lost track of it. I had a second to go. Of who, they, they listed somebody else that was, in their mind, a best fit for Kansas City was, oh, yeah, Tyron Smith, the, the tackle you and I were talking about earlier. There, there's, I guess... If Austin Eckler's signed, I know we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but I think Austin, yeah. e- if he, if they bring him in, it's got to be a split carry situation because there's no way that Austin Eckler is going to take a back seat. I don't think he's going to want to get a role where he at least can play. Maybe, I don't know if it, his situation might end up like Dalvin Cooks though, where he's just not signed by anybody. And he's like, well, I got to take, I'm, you know, I want to play with somebody. So I'm just going to take a job and, and, and just, and just try to play. But I think to your point, what you said yesterday, Gold, is if you're going to get Austin Eckler and he's going to be your backup, why would you waste yeah, that, was, that, that money and, and spend it on a on a sixth or seventh round guy or even a fifth round guy, whatever the case may be, who you like, who can maybe fit as the spell to, to Pacheco? What was the projection yesterday? You, you threw it out there. Oh, it was... A, Two years, I want to say. It was going to be $8 two, million two years, a year. Or two years, around like $16 million total, or yeah, some, something along those lines. That's crazy for the Chiefs situation. Like, Isaiah Pacheco, yeah, do you need to have other complimentary backs? We learned that this year. You know, maybe he gets banged up. Obviously, Jarek McKinnon, when he was here, had a role. Clyde, 6.75 mil per year. So, so it'd be a two year 14, essentially. I just am not interested in doing that for a running back spot. Not not in Kansas City with where they're at as a franchise and, and the window that they're in and the priorities in other areas. You have Isaiah Pacheco on an extremely team friendly deal because of where he was drafted. And we know the running back value and. Uh, where where the market sits. None of these contracts are crazy, but do I need to bring in a guy that's going to uh, basically kind of have a Jarek McKinnon-type role, if not a slightly bit more, in Austin Eckler and pay him 6 to $7 million a year? I, I just don't think that's smart allocating no. uh, allocation of, of your money if you're the Chiefs. Austin Eckler, I would love in Kansas City. I just, like anything, right, the, the dollar amount has to be right. And that one, to me, you can get another receiving type of back even though I thought Pacheco got better as a receiving option this year, you got to have another running back. But to me, you can find another, whether it's an undrafted guy or draft somebody in the sixth round. I just don't know if you need to spend, you know, four plus million dollars on a backup slash split back in this, in this team, other teams, because of where they're at offensively and limitations. Sure. But when the chiefs are, are paying Mahomes what they're paying, we want them to go, go and spend some good money on receivers they're maybe going to be paying Legarius Sneed $19 million on a tag. They're maybe going to be paying Chris Jones top defensive lineman money. Nick Bolton could be getting, you know, $15 million a year on a new deal here before we know it. Like, I, I just don't think running back, much like we just discussed with a punter, prior, positional uh, priority, uh, not really the spot where I'm looking to spend a lot of money, especially for a guy that's not my starter. If you told me Isaiah Pacheco was out for the season or something, okay, completely different conversation. Yeah, you need to go spend some money and go get a reliable back, but they're not in that spot. I feel like, too, if you – I wonder how much they're weighing not just the Chris Jones production and all that other stuff, but also how important is getting a left tackle in there and who – and trying to allocate the money that that's necessary to get whoever it is fill in the blank – to, to be there. If they think that they can draft a guy 
and it's okay and they don't have to bring in, you know, uh, Trump Brown or whoever, then that money, I think, goes to Chris Jones and I think he's paid. If they think we can get a defensive tackle who's productive for $10 million or $7 million less a year, who's a little bit younger, and then use that money to help go after a yeah. proper left tackle. Then, and I think a lot of it revolves around the Chris, around Chris Jones in, in the end is Snead, I think, is taken care of. You would think that they're just going to tag him and deal with it. Whether they keep him later or not, it doesn't matter. Tag him, get it over with. But all of it comes down to Chris Jones, I think. Do you, are you paying him top dollar? And if you are, maybe you sacrifice paying money for a top left tackle in free agency. And as a result, you need to draft a guy in that first round to try to give yourself a competition with Wanye in the you know, in camp where you have a solid option at left tackle and not just crossing your fingers, hoping it works out situation. Yeah. yeah I mean, like you want to have the most complete 53 man roster possible, but I hearing what you're saying, I mean, look, the, the likelihood of them signing Chris Jones to a long-term deal and tagging Snead and going out and spending for top dollar wide receivers seems pretty slim to me. What right. About, right. Well, so even a top tackle, so, so as well as yeah, so yeah. like to me, if if Chris Jones is signed to a three year deal, there's a chance that in year one it's only like twelve to fifteen million dollars on the books, and then it's the following year where it picks up. So okay, so let's say it's twelve. We kind of talked about this with Matt Verderam yesterday. Mm-hmm. So let's say it's twelve to fifteen. Then you tag Snead. That's eighteen point eight million dollars. All right, that's that's less money or about the same money as what the tag would be just for Chris Jones because the the tag just for Chris Jones is thirty two million dollars. Okay, so you you can make that work for this one this particular season. Does that limit you though from going out and signing? I know everybody wants Mike Evans, Mike Evans or whoever as the top wide receiver on the market. It's a lot tougher. Yeah, and so I, I don't think you can. Offering. Oh, and again, as I mentioned, Nick Bolton. Like I, you can't do everything. I, I I think they're. Is there a scenario where they could keep Snead and Jones? Yeah, it's. It's again. You Snead. just have to know what you're sacrificing by Correct. keeping them, and how do they feel they, their best path to build this team back to where they're back in the Super Bowl again? You know, are that's they, where I think that you look at Matt, uh, Matt, Matt Ibuki, If you can, if you convince him, his projected contract seven mil less per year, and the guy's twenty six, not twenty nine. I mean, that might be a home run. I know Chris Jones is the better of the two of them, but in terms of saving yourself money that you can spend, whether it be to keep Nick Bolton or whether it be to get a tackle, a left tackle, which again. As important as Chris Jones is, having a good left tackle is as important as having. I mean, if you got to protect, you know, Mahomes' backside so he's not getting blindsided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if you told me that they had to start Wade Morris at left tackle, and the trade off is okay, I could go out and sign what is perceived to be the best left tackle on the market, and you keep Chris Jones. That's a, no, mean, no, it's like I'm, I don't, I don't think you can do both. So, okay. like, I, if I have a choice, I would rather if you told me that. I could have Chris Jones for three more seasons, but Wanya Morris is my left tackle for the next two of them instead of having what is perceived to be the best left tackle available. Yeah, I'd probably roll the dice, actually, and say I'll go with Wanya Morris, bring in a a veteran to to back him up, basically, as an insurance policy, and then I would still have Chris Jones. That's probably the route I would go. I tag Snead, and I I don't sign Snead to a long-term deal. I just tag him, and I, I just have... No, I, I think I think Nick Bolton. You're gonna you're gonna pass up obviously on Willie Gay, and we'll talk about this with Pete Sweeney. I think Nick Bolton, you can still get a deal done with in that scenario. I don't. If you're asking me, can they sign Chris Jones, tag Snead, sign a top tackle. left tackle, and what? No, they they, they can't do all of that. That's that's dreaming. Even though the cap is 
is going up. So we'll, we'll keep talking about this. Pete Sweeney's going to join us in 12 minutes or so. I'll get his checklist for the offseason and how does he see the path going? Would he rather pay Nick Bolton to go with Chanel or would he rather say, you know what? Don't pay Nick Bolton, but pay a combination of Tranquil Gay and, and Chanel. Yeah. I don't think that's the path the Chiefs are going. I think it's more likely they'll pay Nick Bolton kind of top left, you know, top linebacker money, which isn't something a lot of people believe you should do. But I, man, it's hard not to to believe that's the path they go when we hear Steve Spagnuolo talk about how much uh, Nick Bolton means to this team. And it's remember, it's it's also making sure you got guys in the right spots and who's the the who's in charge with the green dot and all that. Like, do they have somebody else they think can actually step in and do that? It's not solely the hey, you know, he's not great in coverage, but is that enough to offset what they get from him? So we'll, we'll get into that more with Pete Sweeney in just a little bit. Meanwhile, the Royals, as we said, they got baseball. Coming up this afternoon right here on 610 Sports Radio as the, the spring training game will get underway. They made a, a, a move last night, now official today, catcher Austin Nola. Another catcher, so that's like three options now. You've got Salvi, of course, and then Freddie Fermin, and then Austin Nola. Uh, I, I wonder if this is, it's a one-year deal, by the way, according to Annie Rogers, and it's a major league deal. This is not a minor league deal, but he does have options. I don't know if they promised him anything like they, they you know, that they, they wouldn't send him down or anything like that, but he does have options. So it, it's not a hundred percent guarantee that, Oh, it's just going to be Salvi and Austin Nola on the major league roster for, for opening day. But I thought it was interesting because Nola was in San Diego with Michael, uh, with Michael Waka and Seth Lugo yeah. a year ago. And so is it just, Look, you can never have enough catching depth anyway, but I don't like, are they really going to have three catchers on the opening day roster? I don't think so. So who, what, what's the, what's the change? Does something happen during spring training? I guess you're always protecting yourself due to injury, but the Brewers cut him yesterday and then the Royals picked him up right away. Yeah. I think that he, I mean, he, he's a good, just from me following the, the Padres a little bit more. Cause my wife and I, oh, is that your team? People uh, were asking I mean, on the text line, if you're going to at least be a Royals guy, I, I, will, I will be a Royals guy. Okay. Um, but we we follow the Padres. I like Manny Machado. He's one of my favorite players. Uh, my wife likes Fernando Tatis, and their broadcast crew is great. Um, uh, anyways, <laughs> Austin Ola is. I mean, he, he's a solid veteran option. That I don't. He's not a. He's not a, a great hitter for being a catcher. Of course, not a lot of catchers are good hitters. Anyways, my big issue, I guess, with Austin Nola is that his his he allows steals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but if he's a uh, and I, I so last year I think he he allowed thirty eight stolen bases and just caught five stealing. So I think that there's he he's a good backup option. I don't know if he can be your guy. Well, they don't and, need him to be your guy. And, 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 <laughs> they have Salvador Perez, that's, yeah. a, that's, and, and that's why I think that he's a good backup option to Salvi. Is he's a guy that can do the job, has the connection as you mentioned with 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 Waka and with Lugo. I, he probably is the favorite to be the backup, I guess, in my mind for that reason. And he's been in the league for a long time and can can do the job at a good enough level where you're not concerned by Salvi having an off day and needing to go to a backup catcher. Yeah, we'll ask Fern about this when he joins us at the noon hour today to get his perspective on it. I, I think, yeah, he's going to be the guy that, you know, day game after night game, and he's going to yeah. be catching on Sundays, if that actually it's happens. It's a good backup it's, option to have because he started last year, a majority of it. Yeah, it's the very beginning of spring training, so based off of performance, injury, all that, this could all get sorted out as, as well. But I thought it was interesting that they brought in now a, really a third catcher that has a chance to be on the the opening day roster other than the obvious which is which is Salvador Perez. So that was just a minor move the Royals made that official uh today. I saw some people asking about could Salvi just play more DH. I, I just we have been talking about that for a couple of years. I think it's been pretty evident though that 
that hasn't necessarily been the path that they have chosen to to go down 100%. But yeah, I mean, I, I that to me would extend his career. That to me would yeah. obviously help his bat. But that also um, doesn't take into account something I think that they've been cognizant of, which is the legacy aspect. If if you think one day Salvador Perez is going to the Hall of Fame, the, some of his numbers, why are they as impressive as they are? It's because he, when, he, when he is as a catcher, not as a DH. And so I wonder um, if that doesn't play a little bit of a role in, in all of this as well. I feel like with Salvi, Salvi's the exception to the... A lot of times, you know, you, you, you not necessarily move on, but you make adjustments based on what's best for the team. I think in this situation, Salvi's been so good to the Royals that not not that they would allow him to make the decision, but like, hey, man, like, do, do you want do you want to keep catching? It, it literally is uh, is up to you. Like, if we move, if you want to move to DH, that's something that, that we can figure out. If not, then I mean, it's up to you. They make him or they allow him to make the decision. I'll have to look it up. Salvador Perez, how many games was he? behind the dish versus uh DHing last season. Uh we'll we'll get to that a little bit later on the show. Someone says, "Man, Drew, you have strange I, I'm all over the place. It is true like you you grew up in Indy. We've already talked about this. Obviously, you're a Cincinnati fan. Uh Bengals that is. And you went to Butler, but you're really not a Butler fan. You're a Wisconsin fan, and then you're a Padres fan. I, I don't but know you never if I lived consider, in California, right? I, I don't consider No, correct. I, I don't consider myself a Padres fan necessarily. I I like I'm the the epitome of my, of what my wife is as a sports fan is she loves players she she's a player focused person not a city or a, a okay. team person yeah. as much that's the way I am with baseball I like a bunch of baseball players a few of them happen to play on the Padres the broadcast crew is great with Don Arcillo <laughs> and Mud and I think that that's the reason why I love the team and I follow them a little bit I'm not I don't have I don't have a Padres jersey I don't have any Padres yet. here uh, I do have a little trash can I guess as a uh, like a piece of memorabilia. I guess, but I don't like you have a Padres it, it, trash can. I do. If I get a, if I get a Jersey, I'm getting a Bobby Wood Jr. Jersey first and foremost. I'm not getting a Manny Machado Jersey as much as I love Manny Machado. I'm getting a Royal. I'm getting a baby blue Bobby Wood Jr. Jersey that does not have the quick trip patch on it. You better buy one quick. I, I know I need to go and get it uh, quickly, but now, now that he signed us the perfect time to get a Bobby Wood Jr. Jersey. All right, coming up next, we'll get right back into the Chiefs. Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride going to co-host with me for the 11 o'clock hour. I want to get his priority checklist for this offseason and a trash of the day that is perfect for Pete Sweeney. Next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Eleven o'clock hour. It's Cody and Gold. Alex Gold with you. Drew Nixon. Pete Sweeney, at least for the next hour. Cody's out today. He'll be back with us on Monday. We have Pete Sweeney, our Chiefs insider from Arrowhead Pride, the editor-in-chief in studio, fresh off a nice little trip out east. I saw you were at the, uh, do they call it the Stadium Classic, yeah. or what do they call that hockey It's match? called the Stadium Series. Stadium Series, okay. Yeah. So that was cool. One of the cooler sporting events I ever, I've ever gone to. If you're a hockey fan, I would recommend trying to get out to one of these outdoor games, and it was a great game. I happen to be a Rangers fan, and they made a, a comeback. They were down two with, like, four minutes left and then scored in overtime. That it was cool. I, the, I feel like the luster of some of the, the New Year's – what do they used to play on New Year's Day outdoors when they played at Tahoe yeah. and then they had the ice issue, and now they, they like, yes. just got away While from While saying that I thought that was fun, I liked it when it was just one game a year. It was called the Winter Classic. They still do the Winter Classic, but now there's, like, four or five okay. uh, outdoor games a year. So I went to one of those. It was cool. It was my cousin's bachelor party. He had a great time, so – we really enjoyed it, and now I'm back in, in KC for the offseason. We got the combine next week. Hey, can you believe that? Like Drew and I were talking before the shot. This is what happens when the Chiefs season just goes till mid-February every year, and the parade goes till mid-February yeah. every year. I have done the math, and when people <laughs> like to say, oh, look at Patrick Mahomes. He's played 18 postseason games. I've covered an extra season of football since 2018 <laughs> as well, yeah. and all we all have. So, uh, yeah, it, it is crazy how fast the offseason goes, and that's what's so hard about repeating once and going back to back, let alone trying to go for this three-peat, because when you win the title, it's sort of like the season lasts even longer because this season isn't even over for the Chiefs in the sense of, you know, they're going to have that ring night. They are getting opportunities like you've seen even McCole Hardman, I believe, he was on Jimmy Kimmel. I'm sure somebody will do Saturday night. Mr. Walk-Off jersey at the NBA Celebrity All-Star game. So, I mean, and, and we'll see if McCall Hardman comes back. I know he was on the, the one-year contract. But what I'm saying is it just it takes a while to even just get over that one season. Then all of a sudden you're back in the new season quicker than anybody, and you're expected to do the same thing again. So it'll be interesting to see how the Chiefs navigate. But that's what's so hard about repeating and keeping that same energy. How, how do you approach this offseason if you're Brett Veach, knowing that, yeah, you have a chance to make history, be the first franchise to, to ever three-peat. Yeah. How, does that creep into your mind, do you think, when you're going about making moves? Because I think they've done such a good job of not risking right. the future while still making sure they, they would probably tell you they're all in every year, but not the way I feel like some people will say all in. They're like, hey, I don't care about two years from now, yeah. just win now. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, I, I think that's what has made the team sustain success each and every year and, and give themselves an opportunity every year. It's just not going all in on, on one season. You know who did that? The Los Angeles Rams. And it was cool, right? Like they won the Super Bowl. That was, that was awesome. I think a lot of Kansas City fans are thanking God with those annoying Cincinnati fans of Joe Burrow. Not, that's right. Drew, I mean, my goodness. Winning. Yeah. How annoying are the Cincinnati uh, yeah. Bengals fans? Awful. No offense to you. Drew, you're not an annoying one. <laughs> Thank you. Generally speaking, Cincinnati Bengals fans are annoying. And yeah. 
with their tweeting and stuff. <laughs> but um, yeah, they, you know, they went all in. You know, they they had that shirt right. F these picks and and well, you say F to the picks, and now you are fighting to be a playoff team on a year in year out. So yeah, I, I mean, as much as Kansas City wants it, I'm, you know, I would think they want it better than anything. This is what Clark Hunt has wanted. He wanted to be the premier NFL franchise. It seemed unfathomable when uh, it was 2012 when they were going through that whole season. Now they're there, and I, I don't think they would risk that just to be like, okay, we did something that nobody else did. Not, and that's not to say they won't do it. I just think they're going to be smart about it. So when you lay out, and I, I think you've, you guys have done this a little bit over at Arrowhead Pride, but Pete's checklist here, the, the first yeah. three or four steps of the offseason, right. what do they look like? Yeah, I think you got to figure out what happens with Jones and Snead first because I think that is the first step of like how the rest of it is going to be dictated because let's say they choose to let Jones go and they keep Snead. Then all of a sudden I think defensive tackle might be a greater need than wide receiver. I know that we're not really talking about that that much. And it's like, what are you going to do at that position? Then it can be reversed where it's like, well, you know, they're going to go all in on Jones. Now you're looking at potentially a cornerback in the first round, maybe instead of a, you know, a wide receiver. Right. You know, I think, Either defensive need suddenly becomes your most important need um, entering the offseason if you go in one direction or another. So I think figuring that out is first. I think wide receiver in the free agent market is on the checklist. This is a nice free agent class. I think they're going to address that position in um, both you know, free agency and the draft. I think hidden here also is left tackle. Like, is yeah. Wanye Morris good enough? Uh, did they feel like those four games were good enough for them to move on there because left tackle is a really important position. And I also think, uh, and shout out to Cody, who's not here today. Uh, hashtag is Creed good. Cause I think he has the yips and yeah, I, something's and I, up there. I wonder what you're doing uh, as far as the, um, the interior, the offensive line. So like, I, I think there's a lot of things that uh, need to be addressed, but it's hard to me for me to be like, well, this is step one. Cause I think the step one sort of dictates two, three, four, five. Yeah, we, we could talk about the exact Chris Jones contract and, and the comparisons to Aaron Donald and right. what people are good with. We can do that here in about 20 minutes or so during the Chiefs Red Half Hour. I, I brought up the left tackle as well. Drew and I were talking about that in, in the first hour of the show because that that's interesting to me, like looking at the free agent crop of, of left tackles. Yeah. You know, there's some guys that are injury prone, 33 years old, like – I think they need to go find again another three-year option at left tackle. And how often can you go with these one-year stop gaps? It worked out all right, certainly right. with Donovan Smith this year. Wanya Morris, like, do you bring in a veteran to compete with him, or if they yeah. spend their first-round pick on a left tackle, well, then that's the guy that's playing left tackle, right. not Wanya Morris. Right. So then you're kind of what well, he's just a ba- he's just a backup long-term for this team. Yeah, like my understanding of like the way the draft was going last year was the initial plan was to go get. Uh, you know, wide receiver, that didn't work out. Then they were all in on the offensive lineman and went, ended up going to Jacksonville, Anton Harrison, I believe. Then they were like, okay, you know, maybe we want an edge rusher. I don't think they wanted to take – I've talked to you guys about this. I don't think they wanted sure. to take Felix in that spot. They were hoping to trade down like a little bit, maybe still get him, and it wasn't, wasn't able to do that. So they ended up with Felix. I think we'll see on Felix. I think he had a nice few snaps in the Super Bowl. We've seen him here and there. The the coaching staff is high on him. We'll see how, how he goes there. Um, but I, I think them – considering the offensive lineman who went to Jacksonville tells you that they would like a, a young offensive lineman of the future, especially at one of those end positions. And so uh, for me, I, I think that's a need as well. I mean, they've been a, done a really nice job of, of drafting offensive linemen in the middle rounds. And I, I think ideally what you, you do here is I, I think you got to go get one of those defensive positions that I mentioned, be it Snead or Jones's position or, 
if you feel like you're in a good spot and you finally feel like you have your guy, trade up and try to go get that wide receiver in a, in a wide receiver rich draft. Someone was asking on the text line, and Donovan Smith is 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 there any scenario where you could actually see them running that back? I mean, in the playoffs he was very good, yeah. but it wasn't great during the regular season. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's an angle there. Uh, I think he was you know an average left tackle. They've they've managed with that. I, you know, at a certain point, you'd want. I think that position to be as strong as you feel about your guards, you know, at a certain, you know, at a certain point. And so I think there's a, a case to be made for Smith to return, but we, we did the same thing with, with Carlos Dunlap was, uh, was in a different place. And we always just thought he would be back in Kansas city and it never came to fruition. So I think there is that like break glass of emergency. Maybe Smith would be willing to come back on a, on a nice team friendly type of contract. But I think ideally it's either Morris or, you're going to get somebody better to compete with them, and you try to figure it out from there. We're talking to Pete Sweeney. He's joining me for the next hour, full hour here on Cody and Gold. We'll get to the trash of the day in, in 10 minutes or so. And, and I want to get back, obviously, to Chris Jones here in a little while. But the rest of the NFL, I mean, this is the best time of the year. I mean, yeah. this is For a lot of teams, this is their Super Bowl. The Chiefs, we get two of them. We get the fun speculation about offseason, and we get the results on the field to talk about. My, well, for, for guys like our, our boy Aaron Ladd, who's an Atlanta oh, Falcons fan, he is checking – uh, Twitter and social media constantly because he's wondering if <laughs> that, Justin Fields is going to. That's the direction I actually wanted to head in. Yeah. Let me give you th- sure. the three kind of veteran quarterbacks. I'll put Fields in the veteran quarterback conversation for the the sake of this. Fields, Cousins, Wilson. Where where do you see them ending up? Because Kirk Cousins is the is the one that I think actually can take you to a little bit of another level. Like Kirk Cousins, I don't think he's staying in Minnesota. And if all of a sudden Kirk Cousins goes to Atlanta. I think all of a sudden the, the Falcons, not only are they the heavy favorites to win the NFC yeah. South, but they, they, they could be a little bit of a Lions team from a year ago where they go to an NFC title game. I really believe that's the kind of jump they could take with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I wonder where these guys land. I mean, it, it is anyone's guess, I, I think, to an extent. But I, I think when you're talking about destinations, Atlanta is very, very attractive because of the, the division. I mean, you've seen in Kansas City, uh, you know, we can we can be honest here. The division has been pretty weak, and we saw that with the the Brady and the, the Patriots dynasty. Where if you have a weak division, it, it it makes the road a lot easier to get into the postseason because obviously you're playing these teams uh, six times a year, and you look at the weapons that that team has. I mean, it's hard to uh, argue with Atlanta not being like a contender once they are able to address the quarterback position. You're at that point, you have. No excuses. So I like one of those quarterbacks to go there. It seems like the tea leaves are saying that that Fields would like to go there, but I mean he's not in charge of his rights. All right, like they're gonna end up sending him uh, wherever they feel like. They gotta trade him, right? Like we've got. There's just no way that I, Fields, yeah, uh, is gonna be the guy over two straight years where they could have drafted a franchise quarterback. My feeling is like if so, say you could get. Justin Fields on a rookie deal starting right now, maybe they choose Fields. Yeah. But it's just the idea of, well, you know, quarterback in the draft, uh, you know, wh- whoever they end up choosing, is probably, in their eyes, right, right along the same skill level as Fields, and you offer yourself an opportunity to reset the franchise. I mean, we saw it in Kansas City. When Patrick Mahomes is on his rookie deal, you can really load up the roster. So I just think that, in the long run, is going to be – uh, too uh, attractive to Ryan Poles and company, and and so they're going to end up trading him for sure. But uh, I, I wonder where it is. And, and like I, like I was saying with the domino effect of like what's the Chiefs offseason going to look like? I feel like Fields might be the first piece to fall, and then you kind of see where Kirk Cousins uh, and Russell Wilson uh, end up going. I, you know, I don't think either player uh, is going to be with their current teams, and. 
they can make an impact elsewhere. Like I, I actually thought Russell Wilson was okay. He was mean, much better. Yeah, not for the contract he was made. No, you know, but, no. but definitely was much. He was if he was on a better contract, you could live with it. And maybe that's what like, one of these other teams ended you, up doing. You, you would have hoped that Eric Bieniemy had a, a better quarterback than Sam Howell. Like Russell Wilson would have been better than that because he's got experience. He's won a Super Bowl, so on and so forth. And then Kirk Cousins is is the grand wild card. I I don't I don't know where he's going to end up going. And he is somebody that uh, has led teams to postseasons before. And and same type of thing. What we're saying about Atlanta, a team that's missing uh, a quarterback. It, you know, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. So I, I am curious to see where where Kirk lands. The rest of the AFC West, I mean, you just made the comment a little while ago that, yeah. you know, it's, it's not been a good division. Yes, the Chiefs have dominated it, but and so the Chiefs have played a role in that. But knowing that, okay, you got two new head coaches in the division head, heading into the season, we know, with Pearson Harbaugh. Uh, the Raiders don't have a quarterback. The Broncos don't have a, a long-term answer at quarterback either. Of of the potential free agent moves that could go down, what which team do you think has a chance to actually go and, and, <laughs> and make a difference to where not just that the random national publication crowns somebody offseason champs, but truly go out and, and add to what they already have? Yeah, I hate to – you're asking me a question of, like, process of elimination, and I yeah. hate to mimic the national media, but it's got to be Los Angeles, yeah. right? Because they have Justin Herbert. I mean, we've seen Herbert have these flashes of being an elite quarterback, and – and it's been a long time since like he was able to get some consistent coaching. You got to imagine now that that Harbaugh's in place, he's going to be there for at least a couple years. And like we we talked about that with Alex Smith, where at the beginning of Alex Smith's career in San Francisco, it was one offensive scheme, another offensive coordinator, this coordinator, that coordinator, and it's ever you know it was really tough to, for him to find consistent consistency. Ultimately, uh, gets gets replaced by Cap, comes here, gets that consistency, and it's look, it's not like. Alex was a Hall of Famer, but you can see the difference. And so, man, I think Justin Herbert has those raw traits. We have seen moments in games where, in a way, he like makes these Mahomes-like plays. Nobody's Patrick Mahomes. That's not what I'm saying. But I just think you've seen flashes of greatness. And I think now that there should be some consistency there, it's got to be L.A. that has the best chance. And then until these other two teams figure out what they're going to do with quarterback and have a plan in place. It's really hard for me to be sold on, okay, yeah, they're going to compete with the Chiefs for the division. Yeah, the, the charts, Herbert, I think in Kansas City, everybody's like, okay, this guy's just not any good because we've been, everybody's been talking him right. up for multiple years. and then He's good. Yeah, as I say, like, he, he, he's good. I, I think the top five conversation stuff obviously is not there anymore and shouldn't be at this point. Um, but he's, he, he could he, play his way back into that, yes. but we have to, you have to see it. I, I don't know if this year will be – the fair year, but at, at some point, I know QB wins and loss. Like that stat is ridiculous at times because Alex right. Smith was one of the winningest quarter. By that logic, Alex Smith's a Hall of hey. Famer. Um, but if you're Justin Herbert and you and I both acknowledge where he's at, and we both think he's still a very, very good quarterback, in two years from now, if Harbaugh's the coach and seemingly things are there, if he hasn't taken in the postseason and won a playoff game, at some point though. It, it does become a Justin Herbert well, thing, right? Well, now the excuses are done, right? Like you finally have your head coach in place. He's got this grand pedigree. It has to work. I mean, this this kind of feels like the Chargers Andy Reid moment where they had a lot of pretenders for years and years and years, and now they feel like they have a, an adult uh, in place, so to speak. <laughs> Not to say that some of the Michigan <laughs> off-the-field stuff was exactly uh, adult. Drew you know, was dressed up like Con- Connor Stallions yesterday. <laughs> he had the Michigan hoodie, the Michigan shorts. He was just needed a Michigan hat. Yeah, and get the got to get the hoodie up and some sunglasses so you can you can steal <laughs> right. some suns. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, but I you know I think you're right. Now now it shifts to Herbert and it says okay, you know 
you've had these excuses. I believe them because I like Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. Um, but now you have to you have to win a playoff game. You're right, and I and it'll it'll be a, a defining year in the next year or two for Herbert. In the course of his career, it's like, are you going to be on this franchise quarterback level, or are you going to be with someone we were just talking about, Kirk Cousins, right? Where you, you know, you, you do just enough, and then you can't really seal the deal at the end. Do you think in like four or five years, a is Harbaugh still there in four or five years? I mean, if you look at the track record, he does win everywhere he goes, right? But it usually ends in a, like it usually ends like with controversy kind of or with yeah. yeah, like I think we kind of and that's that's why the Chargers ultimately were the the landing spot for him because they were willing to let him do everything his way and let yeah. him have full control and all of this in five years. It would not stun me if he's not the head coach and not because they don't win games for a right. while. I could just see at some point well, that, that, you know, he, he gets run out again. If, if you're saying that you're going to believe in these coaches that are in the rest of the AFC West, you're also simultaneously saying that you're betting against in a way Mahomes and Reed and like as great as Sean Payton is, as much as I like Antonio Pierce, like Pierce, was a great player. Steve Spagnuolo loves him. I like him. Uh, same thing with Harbaugh, where you respect him. They got to win against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Like they're expected to win a division. I I don't like that bet on any of those guys. And so it'd be tough for me to be like, well, Antonio Pierce is in place. He's going to be the head coach for the next ten years. And same thing with names like like Harbaugh and Payton. Uh, it it's a very tough ask. I mean, we're talking about uh, divisions. I would much rather be in the NFC South than the AFC West and have to play. Mahomes and Reed and whatever the Chiefs build. And so uh, I'd like to think that these coaches will last. But if you if you have this, I, I think I've, I've accessed it on Wikipedia where they have these charts of like AFC West coaches. And it's just 10, 11 years of Andy Reed where it's just one box. And then the rest of them are just box, 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 box. And I, how can you expect that to change? Coming up in 10 minutes, we'll get to the Chiefs right half hour. I, w- I want to run the Aaron Donald, Chris Jones Production slash salary comparisons by him a little bit. And would you rather sign one of these linebackers or the group? We'll explain that coming up later with Pete Sweeney. But it's that time of the day where we get to the trash. Trash of the day. This was this was perfect for Pete Sweeney to be in studio for. I was actually glad that this trash of the day didn't make it on the air yesterday. Uh-oh. This is I'll ask Vern the same question and and, and we'll talk this one out sure. together. I don't know if you've seen your you just got back from the New York area, correct? You were in yes, New Jersey. Right. I was, yeah, I was at the stadium series. Okay. Went to my cousin's bachelor party, Atlantic City. It was I, fun. I don't know if you know. Were there anybody without their shirts on next to you? It was cold, I imagine. <laughs> no. Okay. No, everyone had their, their clothing on, okay. which was nice. Okay. Well, I'll just read you the headline and we'll go from there. This is from the New York Post. New York City men are paying plastic surgeons five thousand mm. dollars for Almond-shaped nipples like David Beckham. It's a growing trend that I wasn't aware of. Um, so, yeah. uh, first, of all, first of all, have you ever paid to have your nipples redone? You know, have it, you considered? It, would, it would be something that I'd be interested in. I don't think I would, would end up doing it. I, like, when I'm not in a pool setting and, and you know, your turkeys are done, I mean, I have some, I have some big pepperonis. They here, are so, pepperoni. Okay. Yeah, so I, was gonna, I, I was wondering. I, you know, I would love to maybe get those fixed, but I no, I wouldn't pay for that, though. No. Mine definitely are closer to the, the pepperoni scale than the almond scale, <laughs> if that's what we're, we're doing. I don't know where you're now, at, Drew. if it's a chilly pool, Same. I feel pretty good about the way they look, but it's, you know, it's that, it's that hot weather like, nip. Legit question, besides yeah. the obvious, how <laughs> absurd it is to spend $5,000 on this. No, no way. How many, like, we, this is where we need, we should have had somebody from uh, the music side come in and like get a, you know a woman's perspective on this how often are you paying attention ladies out there to a man's nipples <laughs> like <laughs> like how how often are you paying attention 
to that. Like when you, it, is, I, it is fascinating, the, the uh, disparity between <laughs> male attention and female attention to nipples, really, when you think about it. <laughs> What you think? Yeah, I think so, Pete. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I think I think so. $5,000? That just seems absolutely absurd to me. Yeah. Someone uh, says, thanks, Pete, setting down my pizza now that I'm having for lunch. <laughs> I also see in the text line here, since we're in trash of the day from uh-huh. the 816, uh, Pete, can I get a, a shout-out for uh, my wife, Brittany? It's her birthday. Happy hey, birthday. Happy birthday go. to Brittany. Happy and, birthday. And I, what I would tell you is... Uh, if well, thanks for listening, Patrick. Yeah, if your nips aren't uh, up to snuff, maybe for a birthday present, you go get them done <laughs> for, for old Brittany. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, my goodness. Has your uh, has your girlfriend commented on your nipples? Has she seen this story? You need to show her this story. <laughs> I don't think this is one I'm going to share with my, my girlfriend. No? Hopefully, no. I mean, True? What if she wants me to get them done? Your I'm wife? not doing that. I, did, I told her the story as soon as I saw I was like, guess what people are spending five grand on? She goes, what? And I told her, and she goes, really? I was like, yeah. Apparently so. She was, she, uh, she's not. Like, you, you need to get this done, Drew. No, that's, no. Well, I mean, we, we know that uh, Alex is the bachelor of the group, too. Your, your various ladies ever comment on your nips? Nobody's ever commented on my nipples out, before. Uh, hanging out at the pool? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I had to take an extra look at them this morning. Yeah. Knowing the story I'm not even going to look at mine. I, yeah, I don't even want to look at it. No? No. Yeah. No, you can take care of your own We nipples. have the show's video streaming, Pete. There's an opportunity for you to show the world. <laughs> you know, that doesn't That's, apply I to the FCC I, stuff you on know, the video stream. I've seen uh, Josh Vernier... He's been walking around lately. He's got this cue ball head now. I mean, he's got so much confidence. I think, I think Josh is going to walk in here and, and be ready to to show not one, but maybe maybe both both, both of them. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, I'm going to ask him the same. I'm going to bring up trash of the day to yeah, him. That's a good idea. But someone says they wouldn't pay five thousand dollars to have their wife's done either. Uh, I'm guessing it's a little more money than that. I'm guessing it's a few more bucks. I'm not sure what the going rate is these yeah, days for, I think, for that. I think that costs ten grand to get. Uh, oh, that was quick. You kind of. Kind of had think. the number there. Right? I've heard people. Right? He says, right? Like he's asking Drew for confirmation. <laughs> I've heard of friends, like, I've had friends of friends, like, talk about this before. And if you're getting them done, I believe it costs around 10 grand. Yeah. According to, uh, I just Googled it real quick. Um, the average yeah. breast augmentation in Kansas is between three grand and 12 grand. Okay. That's so a I was wide. A little, it is wide. I was a little high. I guess it depends on just how much work you want done. The median there. Or is how about, well do you want it seven done? Or eight. That, that's true. Yeah. You want to make sure you go to the best. Otherwise, the almond, you know, if you go to the almond size, it's a little bit different. David, you just go well, and you say you want the you, David Beckham. I also know this about uh, breast implants. When you get them done, you, you end up losing feeling in them. So, you know, it's a kind of a catch 22. If you're, you know, a lady, uh-huh. that lady that wants to have this, right. this operation. Right. Who knew? I, I didn't know the, uh, the David Beckham thing was, I didn't know that was the thing, that that was something that people like I actually wanted to make sure nip right? it. He's, he's a good looking guy. I didn't know the nipples yeah. though was what everybody was talking about. Yeah. It, it nip it like Beckham Beckham. That's the, that's the, it's the new, you bring in the, well, somebody, go, somebody goes you. in. I, I want the David Beckham. That's yeah. what I want. Yeah, just, just want Forget about haircut. the haircut. Oh, text, yes. Now we're getting some good research on the text line. Okay. Firsthand experience. I know our listeners always help us out. Wife has wanted new ones for over two years, $6,250, and they accept payments. You can finance that. <laughs> finance that out. You know, what's a down payment get you, too? It's probably a nice plan. You, you put two grand down, you only got to take care of forty two fifty, thirty three bucks a month or something. Three years, you'll be happy. You're good to oh. go. Yeah. That's the go. trash of the day. Good for you guys out there. Pete Sweeney implants. from uh, Arrowhead Pride hanging out with us till noon today. Up next, we get back to the Chiefs and the comparisons that, that naturally are made between Chris Jones and Aaron Donald. We'll get to that here on Cody and Gold. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the 
better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Chiefs Kingdom, this is Mitch Holtis, and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold, every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. I promise more plastic surgery talk later on in the day. We'll get to that after the David Beckham almond-shaped nipple. Apparently in New York, people are getting their mm. nipples surgically repaired, you love, you love, redone. I, uh, I love self-improvement. And good for folks to uh-huh. be investing in themselves. That's right. That's exactly right. Uh, let's get to some big time money, though, uh, for what is going to have to happen if the Chiefs yeah. do want to keep Chris Jones. We led the show today talking about, OK, when Aaron Donald got his extension, he was a year older than Chris Jones. And it was 30, you know, 30 million dollars on average. Yeah. And we've seen the last two years of production. One, Aaron Donald only played 11 games a year ago. Right. had I think it was uh, five sacks had eight sacks this year. So the trade-off we were throwing out there is if I told you that the Chiefs paid Chris Jones $30 million a year right. on a three-year deal, he'll be a year younger at the end of it than Aaron Donald. But next year, you still get double-digit sacks, assume the same type of Chris Jones. But the final two years, Chris Jones either is missing four-plus games mm-hmm. or all of a sudden he's a seven-sack guy. Would you sign? Would you sign up right now for that? I don't think I would. I, I think I'm a little bit different in how I feel about this situation because, you know, I remember when the sky was falling, when the Chiefs traded Tyree Kill and how their offense was never going to be the same again. Which yeah. I guess in a way it was true, but it didn't mean they couldn't win. And so the defense will be different, right, like without Chris Jones. But I, I don't think one player is necessarily going to define what the defense can be. Is it going to be top two like it was this year? Probably not, but the offense is going to improve. And so say it's top 10. I still feel pretty good about that. And like, I think the whole Chris Jones situation, I think he's playing a a dangerous game and really, you know, his agents are like, they're playing this dangerous game where, you know, they, I think want the most money possible. But I think Chris has to realize like 
it's not going to be as fun playing for the Carolina Panthers, right? There's a an angle here where you could work with the Chiefs. They could give you a fair deal. It's not going to be as much as you can make on the open market. And you could go for the three-peat that, that you're already talking about. I I I like Chris Jones, uh, and I, I like, I'd like him to stay here, but I just don't see it happening with the current situation. Like, the Chiefs are not going to just match the highest possible offer, which is, I think, to me, what he's been, for lack of better terms, like conditioned to want here. The one thing I, I kind of can't get past is that a year ago, when he was a year younger, when he was coming off a yeah. 15 and a half sack season, right. they weren't willing to get to that dollar amount. So why now? I guess, again, somebody will text in and say, well, because they're going for a three-peat. But I'm with you on this. Like, I want them, of course, to duh, better the roster and right. have an all-in approach, but not to where in two years we're saying, man, they're paying him $33 million a year, and he's a six-sack guy and just doesn't have the same, you know, he's right. not healthy. Like, that's a pro- That's a big problem in the future, even with the cap going up. The only part I'll disagree with you is if Chris Jones is not on this team, then they, they better go all in on offense because I, I do think they could slip back to being a 13th or 15th best defense in football. Yeah, I don't disagree. I just think, like, Brett Veach will figure it out. I, I liken it to the Orlando Brown situation. Orlando Brown just wanted more and more money, highest paid left tackle, all this, whatever like that. Eventually, the Chiefs kind of called his bluff. And not only did they call his bluff, but they had a plan B ready. Like, I looked the other day at the top 200 free agents of Pro Football Focus. I wrote it up for our site. And Chris Jones, deservedly so, is number one. There's 20-plus interior defensive linemen on that list of 200. Like, if Chris Jones wants to Orlando Brown, Brett Veach is going to have his Jawan Taylor. And I'm not saying I'm in love with the Jawan Taylor contract. I'm not (laughs) saying it was perfect. What I'm saying is there's going to be a plan B built in. And I think the thing that we've learned, and maybe Brett Veach has learned too, with the Brown situation with Tyreek and Chris Jones, he doesn't like being handcuffed here. And I don't think he's going to let it happen again. And so I think Chris Jones is going to hit the open market. I think Sneed's a more likely tag because the Chiefs can afford it. And I think once he does, there's going to be a team that's just willing to go farther than the Chiefs are, are willing to go. You know, and at the end of the day, you're going to get the thank you for my time in Kansas City. Certainly a future Ring of Honor guy, uh, Chiefs Hall of Fame, perhaps uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame if things continue to go right. But, you know, it's tough. We see these decisions made all the time. It was tough to see the Chiefs cut like Eric Berry. It was tough to see them move on from Tyreek because it was so fun to watch him on the football field. But what what happens with this regime in particular? They make these tough calls, and then a year happens, and they're they're champions again, or they're playing for the championship. I I just think a year ago, or I guess September of this yeah. past year, that to me told us what was going to happen this offseason. Right. And that is that he's going to probably become a, a free agent. And, you know, I, I wonder the fact, I already think he he's a Hall of Famer now that he has three rings. So right. I, I wonder as much as, yeah, you want to be part of a three-peat, and you're right, he won't be, have as much fun playing in Chicago or Carolina right. or whatever. I wonder the fact that he's got, now he's got three rings overall, does that make that easier? And you know what? It doesn't make him a bad person. Like, of course, not. I don't hate yeah. on Juju for getting his ring in Kansas City and then going to get paid. I mean, the Chiefs that ended up working out for the Chiefs because he was <laughs> yeah. injury ridden and and the Kansas City wanted him back and he didn't really have an impact in New England. Like, it's a choice you make. You know, I'm not. It's it's not a. a it doesn't make you a bad guy for now. You've done, had all your team success. You want to get paid. You, this is going to be his last contract of his career. You know, go get paid. But there also is an alternate scenario where he can take his week one buddies from the suite 
and say, I want to be in Kansas City. I want to be, I want to get a fair deal. I know it's not going to be top of the market, but I want to be in Kansas City. You know who's done that? Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey could have made a lot more money than the Chiefs were willing to give him over these years. And, he, and he's, he's chosen to be part of something that's historic. And Chris has that opportunity, and we'll see what he ends up deciding. But I just think if he wants top dollar, he's not going to get it here. The, on the flip side, franchise tag, Legereus Sneed. I mean, that just seems kind of like the no-brainer here. I, I don't know if I would necessarily even give him the long-term deal. But I'm at least tagging him, kind of see how the rest of our offseason goes right. if you're Brett Veach. And then, honestly... He plays on the tag next year at eighteen or almost nineteen million dollars, right. and at that point, either maybe you do draft somebody in the mid round that you can start to develop, or you just see where where things stand with your your team defensively. I wouldn't let Lejarius Sneed go, but I also am not sitting here saying, "Man, they got to sign to a three or four year extension." I, I think a franchise tag. I'm good with him playing on that. Yeah, he's also twenty seven too, and you know what we've seen. Chris Jones is entering his age thirty season. Twenty seven is an age that Brett Veach is willing to spend on. That's a huge part of this as well, like. It's one thing for them to like break their own quote unquote unwritten rules last year for Chris Jones when he was going into his age 29 season. I don't think it's, it's that attractive as good as he is this year, whereas it's going to be more attractive to Snead. I tend to half agree with you. I think they'll tag him to buy time and eventually they come to, to, to terms on like a three year deal similar to, um, you know, Tyron Matthew or, you know, Justin Reed, that type of thing. And, and he's back in Kansas City. I think he really likes Kansas City. I think he's willing to work with the Chiefs, maybe more so. Uh, than the Jones camp. But, yeah, I, I think that's the, the way this ends up going. I think Chris Jones goes to a new team and Snead is retained. What's that for Snead on a three-year deal? What do you – what, three at 15 a year? So what is it four, three for 45, or is it more than that? It might be what, more. Is, what did Ward sign for? I it guess might that's be more. A, yeah. It, it, let's see, Charvarius Ward. It might be more just because I, I just think with the inside-outside and the ultimate curbing of your team's – opposing number one wide receiver. You take him out of the game, essentially. I think it's worth it. Ward was, this was a year ago, and yeah. Snead obviously playing at maybe even higher level, yeah. but uh, three for 40. Snead's projected, according to Pro Football Focus, is three for 17 and a half per year, so okay. 52 so two and, and a half. half. So two and a half more a year, so okay. I'm okay with that. Like, I think he's worth that. And you're keeping Snead and McDuffie together, and I also think it, with the mindset, okay, that we have to lose Chris Jones to afford everything else, secondary is going to be even more important than maybe it was a year ago. Coming up in, in about five minutes or so, we'll get to uh, a scenario at the linebacker spot, uh, whether or not you go with the one guy or you bring back three for the same cost. We'll explain that in a second. But Tommy Townsend, man, looks like uh, his days are, are done in Kansas City. Fan favorite, played at a high level. This regular season wasn't his best, but isn't this just a smart football move? Matt Ariza, six-round pick of the Bills. We already are, I think by now, everybody's aware of, of the the situation around him and charges being dropped as he was accused of rape. Uh, that's why yeah. the bills ended up cutting him. Now the chiefs take the, the chance on him, even though um, I think Tommy was playing in the Super Bowl at as high of a level as you possibly could. Right. right. You're going to get a guy now for what? $700,000, $900,000 instead of $3.8 million a year. If we're just being football specific, I mean, I, you, and this is, you, you have to do it in, in the league. Cause you're, you're always looking for edges and, and different things that it, it it makes total sense. It's a shame because I think a lot of people love Tommy. He was in that, what, that Christmas trailer, <laughs> willing to work with the social media. He's a great dude. You know, I see him bopping around where I live in, in the Plaza area. Like, he's a nice guy. Yeah. Um, but he hired Drew Rosenhaus. You only do that if you want to make the highest possible uh, amount of money. As we just said with Chris Jones, it's okay to do that. You're entitled to. You probably aren't going to get a ton of, like, lucrative punter contracts. This is going to be the the best punter or the best contract of, of his career. And it's just not going to be with KC. And, um, you know, 
Kansas City basically is paying the minimum for what could be the best punter in the NFL. You know, and, and again, we're not touching it off uh, on any of the off the field stuff, um, but that's the football reality of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the the impact on a, on a punter, and when you're talking about the window the Chiefs are in, and you and I were just bringing up Chris Jones and how do you keep Jones and yeah. can you keep Snead? You can't have the highest paid punter, the highest paid kicker, and the highest paid quarterback, and the highest paid defensive line. Like, if there's any yeah. area that you're going to to cut on, it's going to be punter. And you're right; there's a chance yeah. you end up actually getting the same production, if not better. And I, I've covered a lot of these dicey situations off the field with Kansas City. One, and uh, not for this specific situation, but one thing you know, I I, I will say, and I, I know this about this regime, and who knows if it happens elsewhere, but they really do their homework, like their own homework. They investigate situations themselves, so. You know, I think to an extent they they deserve the benefit of the doubt when it comes to that, and it's a really, you know, there's no other way to say it. It's a really shrewd football move. Got a lot of text earlier though, Pete. What does this mean for the holding game? You know, I mean, are they going to be is Butker going to going to be just as successful now? You know what? <laughs> and I heard you. You know, you want to talk about Nick Bolton and stuff and yeah. and the holding. It's like this is going to sound really like I, I'm showing my age here. Sometimes there's like too many microphones in Kansas City. Like I think <laughs> I just think there are too many people with platforms. Like the fact that this regime, after three Super Bowls in five years, is getting questions about like holding mm-hmm. and oh, you're gonna pay Nick Bolton all this money? Yes, yes, because you know what? <laughs> it's the right move because the defensive coordinator loves yeah, we, him. We spags just talk and I don't care highly. if you work for this network or that network and you think you watch a lot of film. Guess what? You weren't part of the personnel staff that has seen this team build a dynasty and do the, one of the things that only eight other times this has happened. We're back-to-back championships. So guess what? If, if they decide to pay Nick Bolton, it's probably the right decision because they do this for a living and they've built a championship roster. I, 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 it makes me want to pull my hair out when I see things like, but what are they going to do without the hold? They're going to teach him they how to Dave hold. Tobe for a reason. They're going to teach pay- him how to hold. You're, you're, you're paying Dave <laughs> Tobe. You have a veteran kicker. My guess is during the off season, Winchester, Ariza and Butker are going to hang out right. a lot and get the time and figure it out. I mean, remember the freak out a year or so ago when Cole quit made a comment and so everybody assumed that Dustin or uh, that uh, Tommy Townsend didn't know how to hold. That lasted for like three weeks, and then what has what has Butker yes. done since? He's been the best kicker in the NFL, I, and, and Tommy Townsend example. had a great, by the way, a great hold on the uh, on the long kick in the Super Bowl. I love me some C dot, and I would say this to his face: like he, he me and him had about one thousand conversations about how the wide receiver group wasn't enough, and I and I would say yes, it was. And then after these losses that the Chiefs would have in the regular season, I would get these tweets: still think the wide receiver room's okay, Pete. Yeah, you know why? Because Brett Veach and his team do, do, and they know better than me. And so, like, I just, the fact that, and I understand, like, this is talk radio, we have to talk about it, but the amount of people that, like, question the decisions and the major decisions that this group has made now, after 10 years and watching what they have done, is outrageous. They don't always get it right, and I get that. Like, we just talked about Jawan Taylor before. I think that contract would be a little bit better. You'd like maybe sure. uh, a wait. But they needed a tackle at the time, and they thought the, the risk was worth the reward. And guess what the reward was? Back-to-back Super Bowl championship. So enough. Enough questioning the, the, the choices of, of Brett Veach. You brought up Nick Bolton, because I, I did want to ask you about that, and I obviously know your answer now, too. But the, the freak-out was because there were some rumblings that maybe it was going to be 15 or $16 million a year, and everybody hears that for a linebacker right. and freaked out. But what you said about Steve Spagnuolo, I think, is, is crucial. It's not that 
Nick Bolton is this great coverage guy. He's not. That's his biggest flaw, probably, right? He's not a great coverage guy. But when it comes to run game and when it comes to setting up the defense, wearing the green dot, in their mind, I'm going to guess they're going to say that 15 or 16 million a year is likely worth it for that. I don't know. What was the Anthony Hitchens contract? My guess is he'll get something similar to Anthony Hitchens, but he's a, he's a younger player and it's a different spot in this, this franchise versus there's some people I think would, would say, could you not just bring back Willie Gay, Drew mm-hmm. Tranquil and roll with Chanel and not pay Nick Bolton long term? Tran- Tranquil's going to be back. I mean, I just, I know he loves Kansas city too much and he'll, he'll take a team friendly deal. And I think Willie Gay, he knows the writings on the wall for, for a long time. Uh, the, the, this particular plan was to, Take care of Snead and Bolton because I think there are key parts of your, your defense. And also on the offensive side, take care of your interior offensive linemen. Make sure they're back, and then you're flexible from there. And so he's part of the plan. I mean, that's what it is. I think just this idea that they're suddenly going to change their path and, and go a different direction, I, I think they want Bolton here, and I, I think he's a key cog to everything that Steve Spagnuolo wants to do. This, this These guys' relationship is just off the charts as far as, like, um, you know, Steve thinks something up and Bolton adjusts. And here's the other thing, too. Like, Andy Reid and Steve Spagnolo are just very, very good of altering their scheme to the players they have. So the defense may not be the exact same thing with or without Chris Jones. Same thing with with figuring out the offense this year. Yeah, I, I, I agree. The wide receiver room wasn't that strong. They found a way to go heavier, and then they started to feature Rasheed Rice more, and suddenly it was enough. So, like, I think we, we freak out sometimes just because we're looking at one isolated thing, but the Chiefs do a really good job of painting the whole picture. And I always say this. That's the toughest part of the offseason. You only get, like, one piece of the blueprint at a time. But then, you know, when it comes down to it, plan you're looking at the together. AFC West champs. Yeah, yeah plan comes together. Yeah. We, and we also know they differ from plan A to plan B and all that. We, we all know that a couple of years ago they wanted Trent Williams, right? And that thing fell apart at the last minute. The Niners ended up retaining Trent Williams. And Orlando Brown Jr., uh, was not plan A right. when they traded for him, but it all it, it worked out despite how everybody felt him at the end. It still ended up being a pretty good <laughs> they, trade for them. They do a really nice job. I've always been impressed with how the personnel staff going into the draft always seems to have a reasonable starter at every position going into the draft. And so that's how I think, you know, by the time we get to, to next month, two months, whatever it is for the, the NFL draft, they're going to use free agency and these crafty veteran minimum type of deals to make sure that they have a, you know, a reasonable starter at each position. So you can kind of go into the draft with an open mind and go a lot of different directions. And the key word is always flexible. I mean, there, no matter what contract, and that's where like, I, like, I think Snead is more apt to work with the chiefs. I think Bolton is more apt to work with the chiefs. I don't think the Jones camp is going to work with the chiefs. And so that's where, like, I think that that's why I think, uh, that's the most likely outcome. They always want to remain flexible to make sure that they can continue to surround Patrick Mahomes with this title roster. You know, a lot of times when we bring up officiating, it's because people are bitching and moaning about calls. You were just at a hockey game. Would you have loved if the, if the referee would have done this? I don't know if you saw this from the Blues and <laughs> Islanders game last night. You're not going to like it, but the call on the ice was correct. No goal. No, that's some good uh, description there from... You're not going to like it. I love that. That was from Bally, uh, I think Midwest or St. Louis uh, with, or, uh, with, with the Blues and Islanders game. That's phenomenal. Right. That, uh, give me more of that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for referees having personalities. I also, I also think that every NFL game should be mic'd up to the point of the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I think the NFL makes a, enough money because there will be so many moments, I think, that we would have on a week-to-week uh, basis. Like the videos that are coming out from the Chiefs are fascinating from the Super Bowl and 
in my mind, I'm like, the NFL has enough money to do this for every single game. Imagine if we had this type of show each and every week, and I, I, I would love to see more of that. And, yeah, I, I, I like the referee conversations. There was one conversation with the referees during the Super Bowl. I don't know if you saw this, where they were talking amongst themselves, and they're like, yes, they're, they're giving the ball up. back to Mahomes? Like, good luck. Yeah, the mic'd up. Like, well, referees have personalities, yeah, too. Yeah, Vitovich was like, you know, this is, this, you got to have your best play right here. Like, hearing them talk about th- during the Super Bowl how things were playing out was kind of cool. But this ref, some people were actually upset with this ref that – Unprofessional? Was having fun. I'm sure there's somebody like in the NHL officiating world that's probably just losing their mind over this. Thinks it's so yeah, like you said, so unprofessional. That, but that's great. Could you imagine just in general? Especially this was also a blowout. I think it was four nothing. So it's like the, right. the, the Blues or the Islanders were getting their ass kicked. You're at a, you're at a Chiefs game. It's like or even the Super Bowl. Bradbury holding call. Like Eagles fans, you're not gonna like this holding. <laughs> Like a villain role? Well, as long as Carl Sheffers is not doing it, I, you know, I think that's where fans <laughs> would draw the line, as long as he is not the one uh, in, injecting his personality. Yeah, give me, give me more of that sometimes, especially in the, uh, you know, this is the NHL, so maybe that's the issue. But if you're talking about some of the lower levels of hockey sure. or whatever, why not, why not have some, some fun if you're an official? Yeah, you got to be careful with that, too. I remember, you know, Nick Patrick, this great referee, he, you know, he was secretly in the NWO during the WCW days, and he turned on a lot of the, the good wrestlers. <laughs> mid-match. Yeah, you're a big wrestling guy. You're a big <laughs> wrestling out. guy. That's gotta watch not, out for those referees with that's, personality. That's never been my, that's never been my thing. I know Tim people Donahue, love it. What was the uh, yeah, NBA Donahue. referee? Yes, yes, Tim, Tim Donahue. I've thought about this before, and, and I, as we're uh, approaching conspiracy theories, and everyone loves a good conspiracy oh, theory. Keep going, because i got to bring one up again now that Don't you withdrew. think, so... What if a referee just used alternate lines, right? And <laughs> like you and just built it to minus 200 and only fixed it for himself like every other game. How would anyone ever figure that out? I, I just think it, I think now more than ever, referees need to be paid like players. That's my new, that's my new uh, wild and out theory. Cause I just think it's too easy to <laughs> fix games and make money in an offshore account. Yeah, I, is, that, is that a crazy theory? Don't you think? Um, I, so there are the alternate line changes it. They're it, it available does. everywhere. But if all of a sudden you had somebody betting, they still have markers. So like, let's say consistently, hockey game sure. alt line, there was someone always betting a very high dollar amount or whatever on. on I, eventually, it might be not not on a one off. No, on a one off, you would have no way. Of well, you knowing. randomly build yourself losses too. I mean, this would have to be. <laughs> Pete's, my, a very Pete's mapping this out. Someone's yeah. on the text line is very upset we're not mentioning the name of the official, which, by the way, the official you keep texting in is wrong. It's not the same official. So <laughs> uh, you, you said you're right. someone's like, say his name. Wes McCauley. No, it's not Wes McCauley. The guy that in the audio we just played is Garrett Rank. Garrett Rank. So it's, it's not well, even as right. Long as it's very not Nick upset. Patrick. Very upset. Nick it's Patrick even, would fix that. Yeah. That I kind of like Pete's idea of paying the refs because then at that point, <laughs> they have to be required. Forget the pool report. After you're done, you have to appear. And yeah. do a press conference afterwards. If you're getting paid the, pool the proper amount is, of money. Yeah, there are certain calls. Like, I think back to this NFL season, that non-call against Marquez Valdez-Scantling in the Packers oh. game oh, yeah. was really bad. bananas. Like, that, that, that ref should have to go to the podium after the game. Yeah, Be like, I what still were you looking think, at? Like, what are, what are you doing? I still think that call was the reason why after the Bills. Like, it was, the Bills game was the one where Mahomes had to blow up. That to me, was still the carryover from the horrific call the week before against Green Bay. Yeah, and that was the only time really in Mahomes' career he's been like that. Yeah. And I think he regretted it. But, yeah, I agree. I think it was more of a buildup than one particular call or non-call. Think yeah, about I that agree. moment. You know, sitting at Lambeau, it's freezing cold in that game, and then fast forward, and at that point in Were time. Were you at Lambeau? I was. Oh, I yeah, didn't realize It that. was incredible. But at that moment. Did you complain to the ref? 
I, I went right up to him. Yeah, I, after the game, I went right up to him and I said, "Man, Pete had an alternate line on this game, and what what the hell were you doing?" Like, that's by the way, in all seriousness, so that that's why you you can't have the post game podium. As much as I I think they got to be held more accountable, you can't because there's too many crazy people out there. Because can you imagine right. if Wes McCauley has the text line wanted us to think Garrett it was, Rank. and Garrett Rank? Could you imagine if they had a press conference and? You you just would have whether it's a media member or otherwise. I think you would. I mean, yeah. John Higgins got death threats in in Nebraska because from Kentucky fans many years ago. I don't disagree, I, but like to Drew's point, like you just shouldn't have the pool report because they must teach the referees to just double yeah. down no matter what. Because all, all it always is, uh, I believe Adam Teicher is our pool reporter that goes in and does it. He goes in there, he talks to the ref. They just double down no matter what in the pool report, and it almost like makes you matter. Like, I agree with that. No one is ever yeah. like. You're right. I blew it. <laughs> I should call that pass interference uh, against Marquez uh, on the pl- the player against Marquez. Um, they never say that. They it's even always... have the network, uh, the, yeah. the, the, like the network rules official people. Uh, Dean Blandino, you know, I think, does a great job of it. But like the ESPN guy after that game was defending the call that was made, and I was like, "Well, there's circumstances and everything." It's like, no, you can. It's okay to admit when one of the referees makes a bad call and it's egregiously bad, it, and it, it they just wouldn't admit it. Yeah, they never admit it. I think that I think they're taught to do that. It's just like keep, oh sure, yeah. Keep double, keep doubling down, yeah. Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, appreciate it, man. Good yeah. stuff as always. Go get some bets in. I know you got to go. I love, bet. yeah. I loved every minute, but mostly the the minutes we were talking about the nipples. Yeah, you got to go <laughs> so do some research you. on that. Yeah, yeah. Pete's not. Pete's gonna go home. Off and, season. I got to do something with <laughs> my body here. I think. I think by the time you get to the training camp, the nipples will be fine if you have the surgery now. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing my yearly off season plan where I lose weight. So I think that'll oh. also help my, well, I'm going to try to lose weight. So you I think, think the, pe- the pepperonis will, will shrink? I think, I think we can get these, uh, <laughs> these, uh, dollar size pepperonis down to dime size by the end. There you go. There Pete go. Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride. Coming up next, we'll get to what's trending. We'll talk some baseball with our guy, Josh Fernier, who will join me for the next two hours right here on Cody Ingle. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. So what exactly is the show about? It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. So what exactly is the show about? It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. What's trending? All right, let's check in on the hot topics. Trending, trending, trending. Number one on what's trending. It'll be good to have Royals baseball back on the air this afternoon. Two hours from now, spring training game number one. Royals taking on the Texas Rangers. Daniel Lynch scheduled to start, but again, like, 
that just means like one inning. But he is scheduled to start for the Royals. We'll talk more about that. Josh Vernier, our Royals insider, he's joining me in studio for the next two hours. One minor move made. The Royals made that official this morning. Initially reported uh, by Annie Rogers, though, with some details on Austin Nola, the veteran catcher signing a one-year contract. It is a major league deal. Nola does have some options, and I'll ask Vern his thoughts on what maybe that move means, if anything. Next up on What's Trending, local college basketball, all three schools in action. KU hosting the Texas Longhorns at Allen Fieldhouse at 5 o'clock. Also, Missouri basketball in action as their rough year continues. Unfortunately, they will be on the road at Arkansas. Noon tip-off, and then Kansas State hoops also in action as the regular season for conference play starts to wind down a little bit. They host BYU. And lastly on what's trending, Derek Carr, who uh, certainly didn't live up to the expectations the Saints thought they were going to get from him, trying to work out some more room cap-wise for uh, an organization that's been in a bit of trouble there. They found around $23 million in salary cap relief. According to Adam Schefter, uh, they have reworked that deal. So remember, they're adding on an extra year there, but he was due $30 million in base salary for this season. They convert a large portion of that, and the Saints trying to free up roughly $80 million via multiple restructures that's what's trending here on cody and gold alex gold drew nixon with you thanks again to pete sweeney for joining us and in studio for the next two hours we got josh vernier our royals inside i don't know if you and i we've had you in studio for an hour before i don't know if you and i have just kind of co-hosted for two hours because we'll i don't think so we'll talk a lot of royals but we'll talk some chiefs and whatever nipples and all kinds of things you know good that's why i showed up was the nipple. i didn't know if we scared you off yeah no no as uh i I confided you confided in you during the break right. to let you know that i do have uh, unique yeah. nipples <laughs> yes yeah we're on video too Vern. so i mean feel free uh feel no, free no one wants to see feel that free to let they everybody don't even want to see the face let alone the nipples <laughs> so we are we are on video as well i, I have to ask you got the, the michigan gear obviously I, I know you're a big michigan fan drew was wearing michigan gear yesterday i was uh, decked out go blue uh the basketball program though rough My goodness rough. is he done after rough. this year Jawan howard or I don't follow the banter among fans and the athletic department enough to say something like that. Uh, But Jawan Howard, I feel the same way about him as I did with Jim Harbaugh. I just want it to work so bad because the story's so beautiful that I'm willing to stick it out with Jawan just like I was with Jim. Okay, that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah, now Harbaugh. I I think for for Harbaugh and the Chargers uh, fit in the AFC West, that, that was the perfect fit based off of what he wants to be able to do and control. And he typically has success. I just want to know five years from now, I asked Pete, I'm like, he's, he may not be the head coach in LA in five years only because seemingly he always has some controversy around him when it's over. Do you as a Michigan fan real quick, when he got you a national championship, but maybe you don't care. Just he's leaving you guys with maybe uh potential issues down the road. No, no, because those issues are, I thought already addressed by their self-imposed three-game suspension last season. Yes, he won the title, so of course you're going to give him a free pass on on most things. Uh, It still hurts just because it was such a perfect story, the quarterback coming home. I wanted him to retire the Michigan football coach, but I understand uh, he checked that box, and now it's on to win a Super Bowl, possibly not likely. Yeah, yeah. You got you guys in Natty, though. Uh, I'm excited, though, as I said. Royals baseball back on the air here on 610. You started Hot Stove last night every Thursday night, right? It's going to be good to hear you again every week here and soon to be every night just about once baseball season uh, gets underway. I, the question that we've got a lot of recently 
is, hey, have you guys have you guys looked at April? Have you guys looked at the start of the season, how brutal the schedule is? We know this has not been a franchise that has gotten off to good starts in April. How how important is that, even more than maybe in the past, based off of all the moves they made, based off of the sentiment that's been around this organization for the last seven-plus years? That was really the theme of last night's uh, debut edition of Vern's Hot Stove, is not so much the importance of April because... Of course, it's important, especially in Kansas City, because so often this fan base has seen the season implode before May arrives. So it's always important coming off the heels of another Super Bowl championship. Yeah, look, the NFL doesn't relinquish much when it comes to the entertainment landscape of for, for, for sports fans. So the Royals need to do something to, to, to grab that attention. So certainly April is important. What I'm interested in is, you know, I talked with Drew Waters last night, and he says, you know, we're all excited after the lessons that we learned last year. We're 0-0. Zero and zero. We can't wait to attack the season, blah, blah, blah. I want to know what they do when they're 0-2 oh mm. or 1-4 and four, because that's, in my opinion, at the crux of the issue for this team this season, just like it was last year and the year before, that feeling of we don't have enough pitching, so now Bobby or Singer or Vinny and Salvi, they start to press in April. Things go south, and all of a sudden you're out of it by mid-May. Drew Waters, Michael Massey, MJ Melendez, Cole Reagans, all of the young players that we still have questions about. Um, how do they handle being one and four? Waters is telling me last night, you know, I've, I, I, we all learned last year we don't need to do too much. Early on in the season last year, we're all trying to prove that we belong. We're trying to stay in the big leagues. And once we got comfortable, once we knew we belonged, that's when you saw us play our best baseball in, in August and September. So I asked him, that's all great. How do we skip that first step this season? How, when you're one and four, uh, two and eight, how do you avoid pressing? Does Bobby's try to play the superhero? Does Salvi, does Reagans, does Singer, or do they just do what they're asked to do, pass the baton, trust the guy behind them? That's the hope. But there are a lot of young players on this team, Gold. You need Garcia, Bobby, MJ, Vinny, Freddie Fermin, Kyle Isbell, uh, Michael Mass. You need all of those guys, Drew Waters, to not do too much. So when you're one and four, if that happens, because, again, you, you start off with Minnesota and then Baltimore. I think six of your first eight series are against um, 10 of your first 12 series are against teams that were in the postseason last year. Uh, when that rough patch comes in the first two months of the season, are all those young bats and young arms able to take a deep breath and remember the lessons from 2023? Last year, we know the organization consistently said it was an evaluation year. Obviously can't go through that again. Their, their moves this offseason said they're not, that's not obviously something they're willing to, to accept again. But what you were just saying with so many young pieces, can't you argue though? Well, fans shouldn't judge them in this way, but there's still plenty of evaluating to be done, right? I mean, how, how many players do you look at and say, Oh, I, Bobby Witt, of course, is first and foremost. But how many players do you say, oh, I, I know what I'm getting? There's still questions with a lot of these guys, even though I'm, I'm optimistic. Outside of Bobby, I think you, Bobby, Waka, maybe a Will Smith. Um, that's really it. Everyone else, to me, is a different-sized question mark. I, I went over this last night. Okay, um, for as much as we want to beat up this division, and, uh, you know, I, 
what the Royals are saying right now, if we believe we have a real chance, that's what they're saying in Detroit. You can listen to A.J. Hinch and his players. That's what Pedro Gafal's saying in Arizona right now with the White Sox. Everybody in this division believes they have a chance to win it, and, and, and that's fine. But you still have to play other teams, right? You're going to face right. every other team in Major League Baseball. And for the Royals, uh, Texas and Houston and Baltimore and Milwaukee and Minnesota and other playoff teams, you're going to face them in the first five weeks of the season. So I look at starting lineup, bullpen, rotation. When we're getting ready for those series, how do the Royals line up? What can they match? Well, for the first time in our life, I think the Royals can now match superstar for superstar. Uh, And no longer is it, well, they have Adley Rutschman, they have Mike Trout, they have Shohei Otani, and we have a collection of good players. No, now you have Bobby. So, okay, we can go mano-a-mano, superstar for superstar. What else? And, and, And that's what brings us to the X, Y, and Z of the season. Cole Reagans has a chance to match your Corbin Burns or match your Pablo Lopez. You have a chance that he could be mano we mano ace for ace. I think if Brady Singer can meet or exceed expectations, you have a chance to match other teams as far as the depth of your rotation or the quality of your rotation. If you get the good singer that many people were hoping for going into last year, that singer with a good Reagans, a solid Waka and a good Lugo, man, that's very 2013 esque where your rotation gave you a chance. Every time they took the ball, they're giving you five innings and a chance to win. So, so Reagan singer, and then MJ Melendez Melendez to me can make this lineup about six deep. And if you could trot out a lineup, six deep of guys that can beat you, you can go mono we mono with most offenses in the American league. So, so when I look at expectations, when I talk about this early season, uh, yeah, yeah, there are a lot of questions. Um, but Reagan, Singer, and Melendez, to me, th- those are the three guys that can make all Royals fans have some confidence when you're going into Baltimore, Toronto, New York, because then you can go mano y mano with the best in the American League. I would guess then when I ask you, what does a 70-win season look like and what does an 80-plus win season and really in the hunt for the AL Central look like, I, I would I would guess it's kind of somewhat what you're saying. Some yes. of those individuals does Reagan's turn out to, to be anywhere near what he was in the back half of last season? Does Vinny Pasquantino make it through 140 plus games this year? Is is that kind of the difference of them duh, improving from 56 and, and getting to 70 plus, but how, how do they actually get to where you're starting to really get excited right. and we're in August and this team is, is actually in the mix. Health is of course, number one, you know that if they can stay healthy, Then, yeah, again, I'm going to go back to the X, Y, and Z. If X, Y, and Z meet or exceed expectations, the Royals will compete, should compete. And I'll go one by one. If one of those three, Reagan, Singer, Melendez, if one of them meet or exceed expectations, I think you're a 70-win team. Two of them, I think you're around a 500 team. If all three of them meet or exceed expectations, I, I think in August, in early September, Uh, You and Cody are still looking at the standings, and how nice would that be? Uh, Now, again, that's also my assumption that Waka is going to be who he's been for a majority of his career. Um, That's under the assumption that last year was real, Seth Lugo. That's under the assumption that the bullpen is as improved as it appears on paper. That's also with the assumption that Bobby's a superstar. Vinny's about a 300 hitter. Uh, 
you know, Salvi's running into 25 and, and Hunter Renfro's running into 25. Um, so, yes, there's a lot of assuming, but at least the names that we're talking about, the X, Y, and Z, it's guys that have done it before. I've seen Brady Singer really good. I've seen Cole Reagan's great. I've seen MJ Melendez really good. Uh, most times so over the past half decade, when I'm talking X, Y, and Z, it's you know Jackson Kowar, it's Chris Bubich, it's Daniel Lynch, it's guys that haven't earned that type of pressure. Going into this season, Reagan's Melendez and Singer have earned it, and I think that's a reflection of why so many fans are excited. Vern, hanging out with us in studio, talking some Royals baseball. We'll also get to some Chiefs football, too. But today, and now official, it was initially reported last night, but uh, Austin Nola signs, veteran catcher, major league deal, does have options. What, what do you think that is? Is it just, hey, it's early in spring training, let's just see how this plays out, injury insurance and all that, or is this tell us something something else? How do you read into it? Only had two catchers on the 40-man roster. You have to carry three because – just injury-wise. Um, yeah, I, I think Nola ends up down in Omaha. Freddie Fermin uh, is playing a lot. Freddie earned it. You look at what he did after the All-Star break, uh, made 30 starts at OPS near 800. Uh, Salvi's not catching 100 games anymore, hasn't done that in years, won't ever do that again. Uh, Salvi's focus right now is, of course, winning. Everyone knows that. We, we know about the work that he puts in. We know it's team first. But Salvi also has another motivating factor, and that is, of course, making it to Cooperstown, uh, fulfilling the dream that him and Pedro Grafal have had for years. Uh, being a baseball Hall of Famer, the only way he's going to do that is by putting up big offensive numbers for the next five seasons. I think the only way he does that is if he plays even less catcher, more first base, more DH, and I think that's coming down the pike this season. Furthermore, Salvi gets some sort of weird injury twice a year, seemingly every year, uh, since he you know, tripped over that suitcase before opening day uh, almost a decade ago. Is so that 10 years ago? <laughs> feels like it. Everything feels yeah, like it. You know, good yeah. baseball feels like uh -huh. it was about 10 years ago. That's fair. So I, th so I think he's insurance uh, when and if Selby goes down. And whenever Selby does go down, don't worry about it because when he returns, he's normally better than ever. What uh, the health you were just mentioning to me, right, as we mm -hmm. were hopping on the air, uh, Health-wise, this team, good shape so far. It's very early, but there's some news maybe on Carlos Hernandez. Yeah, Annie Rogers of MLB.com doing a great job as always uh, out in surprise. She tweets out that Carlos Hernandez is dealing with shoulder soreness, according to J.J. Piccolo. Um, she writes, Hernandez hasn't thrown off a mound in two weeks, but he's close to his first bullpen, and she'll be able to get six, seven live outings before the season. Not as concerning if he breaks camp as a one-inning guy, which... Uh, is his role. But, uh, and you mentioned this during the break, and we're kind of alluding to it uh, a moment ago, the guys that you're relying on this year earned it. Will Smith and Chris Stratton and John Schreiber and um, James MacArthur. Hey, I hope Carlos Hernandez pitches well, but it's not one of those situations that you and I and Cody have been talking about for years where, man, if Daniel Lynch and Carlos Hernandez can click and if Adelbert Tomandas, he can stay healthy, this is the year. Those guys didn't earn that pressure. Uh, the guys in the bullpen right now that are going to start the season at the back end, those guys have earned that pressure. They've, they've won. They've thrived under that pressure. Another reason why you should be excited because that, that bullpen, um, if Singer struggles early if Cole Reagans isn't that ace early uh, you can build their confidence you can pull them after five because you now have arms or you hope 
to have arms that you can bank on. But like you're saying, we're, we're still five weeks away from opening day, a long way to go, a long way to stay healthy. Fifth starter, I mean, it, what you're saying about, you know, guys that were forced to, to do things essentially because of where the rest of the roster was at. Fifth starter this year, maybe it is going to be Jordan Lyles based on finances and all that, but it's not like last year where it's like, well, we know for sure he's going to be your fourth or fifth starter. How do you see that playing out? What, what do you think the fifth starter spot's going to look like? This is how a fifth starter is supposed to be treated in spring. It, it should be up in the air. I would say that the number five spot is up in the air in you know, 28 of 30 big league camps right now. Um, you just mentioned injury. I think injury is going to say a lot. You know, If Daniel Lynch is mowing them down all spring and the Royals stay healthy and maybe one of those young arms, the Chandler Champlain or the Mason Barnett start to flash and you think, hey, they might be able to contribute at some point this season. Injury happens elsewhere in the Cactus League on another team in the Grapefruit League. And, you know, they're desperate for innings. All of a sudden they call for Jordan Lyles. Maybe you dump that salary. Just get rid of them. Um, so I, I think injury, um, I think injury is going to play a big factor into that number five spot, to be quite honest with you. The uniform controversy, man. Everybody's talking about Rough. these. What the heck is going on? So, they, so it's, it's Nike uniforms, yeah. but Fanatics is like, producing them is right. that is my understanding right and they were already complaining about them the, the the numbers maybe in lettering being cheap and now the new thing all these photos of playing yeah see-through man they're sitting there's you a, see scott barlow's crotch yeah. yeah right oh yeah and then that mets player <laughs> mets or giants was it Gi- giants yeah he was smuggling grapes <laughs> yeah i mean clear as oh my god i, mean, I could have yeah. i thought that was superimposed no or... what some other outlet did a story on it and they actually put they blurred it out that's yeah. how obvious it was one, it's just absolutely absurd for embarrassing for baseball. Oh, man. And but, for uh, that guy. Yeah, like, this is getting fixed, though, right? I don't know who that was. All I know oh. is you're the balls guy now. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Like, that has to get fixed, right? <laughs> you, you would think so. I don't know. They've they, they they taken pictures of Shohei Otani's with see-through yeah, pants. Yeah. I mean, he's the most marketable player you've ever had, and you're going to trot him out in that. Uh, listen, I, I saw the Royals jerseys yesterday. The lettering didn't look no uh, bad it it, 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 <laughs> it wasn't as off-putting as others that i've seen honestly a lot of the other jerseys look like uh, you know the the jerseys they sell at the team store that they're trying to market towards women as if women want these fake letters no i want a real jersey yeah uh it, it seems like they're trying to pass that off on everyone you would think it would get rectified before opening day but who knows with you know, I, I, I just like blaming Rob Manfred for that one. That one seems like well, we gave you five year notice. Aren't you happy? Give us all five year notice of retirement. Yeah. Well, Thanks for the heads up. Well, <laughs> there's a new CBA at the end of the 2026 season. Oh, so he is still going to be part of that yeah. one. too. So we'll see about 2029. Oh, they might want to run okay. him out even before that. Yeah. Cause the, the, the Las Vegas situation with the Oakland A's, that's not as done as everybody thinks it is. Like, it seems like that no. there's hiccups there. If and there's then, a work stoppage, uh, which would you know, benefit the owners. I would imagine that's, you know, they can handle it more than the players can. Maybe that I'm going to retire is because you are really going to hate me by 2027. If I take baseball away from you for the second time (sighs) and you screwed the pooch when it came to COVID, you had the summer waiting for you and you decided to pass on that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. When I say survive, obviously it will still be there, but truly like from a, 
popular. Can it? Can baseball survive another true strike? I mean, with where it's at in the sports world now, and I, I do I think, think so. credit to Manfred on one thing. I, I do think the pitch clock was great, and I do think the expanding of the playoffs, especially being here in Kansas City. I don't. I don't know why if you're in Kansas City, you you wouldn't like expansion of postseason, given where this market is situated in, in the grand scheme of things for baseball. Yeah, I'm fine if you want to expand the postseason. Of course, you just, you got to lop off a lot of games in the regular season. Um, yeah, I, listen, um, the CBA, it, it's going to come down to the salary floor and a soft salary cap yeah. or maybe even a hardening of the current uh, soft salary cap. So, yeah, that, that, that's, that's coming down the pike. I'm. Uh, are you going to get a, a jersey with the quick trip patch? There is already the, the freak out of that was funny to me. Now look, it's it's noticeable, but that's the whole point, right? For the for the client, for the for the corporate sponsor, and they more should. revenue yeah, for hey, the team. Whatever. Uh, the, the, that's it's everywhere. Weird. NBA. Well, yeah. I didn't realize past that. I thought. I, can you name? I guess to the point of, it's, you're not going to notice it after a while anyway. What other? Can you even name a sponsor that was on any other MLB team's jersey last year? We looked it up because I'm like. If it was so noticeable, you'd think I'd be able to tell you how annoying it was on the Cleveland Guardians and and, and these other teams. No, no, I'm thinking of NBA. Yeah, uh, NBA I, I, definitely. I can you can picture some of those, right? right? Which is exactly what the companies want. <laughs> you know, you, you right. become synonymous with that organization. Uh, no, but this is again, this is what Major League Baseball has to do. It's what the NBA has to do because they're all vying for a very, very, very distant second behind the NFL. Uh, if you compare any business, most businesses to the NFL, it's going to look like that other business is, is dying. Um, baseball's going to be fine. They just need to continue to uh, adjust because that's what the NFL's done better than anyone is constantly tweaking, not being beholden to your past. Yeah, and if the Royals are winning, nobody's going to care that there's a giant red QT no. patch on, on the uniform. No, that, that's QT pizza again today. Yeah, there you go. It's, it, it makes a lot of sense. And the NFL, within the next 10 or 15 years, I'm still convinced we'll have the same thing on their jerseys. Can you have the dollar amount for that? Right. The I, NFL's so huge that as you're saying, I'm like, I don't even think they need that. But whenever but, they're tapped at quote-unquote tapping, you know, right now they've new gambling money. Right. Now Amazon's going to pay $130 million or whatever it is I saw for a wild card game next year. When when those options are maxed out, and the, even if the international, like at some point down the road, they always have in their back pocket for each team, they could they could sell a jersey patch easily. And then another one on the back of the helmet. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah no, I know fans no. hate hearing that, but that's, that's the business side of it. Yeah, I, I, I also hate calling Arrowhead... Anything other than just calling it Arrowhead, yeah. but hey, you got to keep up with the Joneses and money needs to be made. Josh Vernier, Royals insider, hanging out with me till two o'clock. Royals baseball on the air for the first time this year coming up at two o'clock as well as the Royals take on the Rangers. Up next, though, I do want to talk a little Chiefs football with Vern. Some of the big moves that could come very, very soon. And Drew's got a random question of the day for us. Back here, Cody and Gold, Alex Gold, Drew Nixon with you. Cody back with us on Monday. We got Josh Furnier, our Royals insider, hanging out for the rest of the show. Random question of the day coming up in about eight minutes. I do want to pass this along. We were going to talk about some big moves that could happen for the Chiefs, maybe the first one of the offseason, but th- this is significant news that just happened in the NFL. It's now confirmed there was a lot of speculation about what the salary cap could be. You know, would it be $243 million? Two hundred and fifty-five point four million is the new cap for this upcoming year. That's a thirty million dollar increase. It's never had an increase like that 
in the NFL. Plus, there's an additional uh, $70 million for uh, performance-based incentives. But think about that $30 million increase, Vern. We're talking so much about Chris Jones and what a contract could look like and would you be willing to understand that in two years, maybe the final year of a Chris Jones deal, he's not the same type of player. Are you are you good with that? If it's going up $30 million, which we now know it is, which is more than they had even projected internally when they're doing their yearly, you know, they're looking two years, three years down the road, I think there's even more push from the fan base certainly now probably to get this thing done with Chris Jones. You, to me, you can make this happen if you're now going to have – Eight to ten million dollars more in cap space than you thought when you were projecting out this year. That's sure. a huge number. And the salary cap is somewhat fungible in uh, the way that you move money around and move it to sure. a bonus. What does that third year look like with Chris Jones? I don't, I don't mean performance. Yeah. I mean money wise. Yeah. I mean, I, could you pay him to go away? So we compare it to the Aaron Donald deal, right? So everybody maybe remembers after the Rams won the Super Bowl against Cincinnati, they gave Aaron Donald a three-year extension, Mm -hmm. and it was like $95 million. And so we looked at what has he been since and what's the money. There's two years of dead money uh, uh, at the end of it. So this is the final year that he's actually under contract, and then there's still two more years where they'll have like 16 and then $8 million against the cap. And so we were saying, are you good with – that and by the way Aaron Donald not being a double digit sack guy along the way if I told you Chris Jones next year still the same dominant player uh, and maybe you only have 12 to 15 million on the books in year one and then year two and three it gets up to 33 million dollars 35 million dollars or something like that I, I Pete said no a lot of fans have said yes I just think when we're now seeing the salary cap be even higher than anybody thought Suddenly, $30 million a year from now. We know next year, Vern, it's going to go up another right. $20 million. Pete and others say no because of Legereus? Because of the concern of production down the road, right? That you have that money tied up. And as much as. So, it's, where does the money go then? If, if you don't yeah. give it to Chris, where does it go? Yes. Well, Legereus need, if they tag him, it's just $18.8 million. So $19 million oh, on the yeah, books. Right. So yeah, you're, you're good. I, sure. I would just tag him and maybe not even do a long-term deal with Legereus need. No but way. the number right. Pete threw out for Legereus was uh, three years and it would be what, what drew $45 million or so, I think was the, the number. Charverius Ward signed a three-year $40 million contract and we figure that Sneed's better and mm-hmm. fast forward two years on the deal and, and, and the way the NFL has gone. But I, I, this, this to me is good news for the Chiefs to see where the dollar amount is is at. Where, where, do you, where are you on the priority for this football team? They're going for a three-peat, and how would you attack the offseason? Because I still want them to take a broader approach. Don't jeopardize two years from now just for this particular season. I think they've done a good job of putting the best possible team out there without doing what the Rams did a couple years ago, which is kind of screwing themselves for right. three or four years down the road. Yeah, I'd bring... Sneed or Jones back on a one, two-year deal, of course. I think anyone yeah. would do that. Uh, three years, I'd be willing to go there with Chris Jones. I don't think I feel that way about Legeria Sneed. Outside of that, man, I'm, I'm. here are the keys to the draft. Let's just, Brett Veach's track record kind of <laughs> speaks for itself to where, man, you, you need to be not only a monster on the field but in my opinion a key cog in the locker room and in the huddle as well for me to pay you big chris jones fits that billing legeria sneed seems to fit that billing uh but i think 22 fits that billing as well so he can hold it down for 38 if we got to let him go yeah because the thought is in two years you got to pay mcduffie maybe and so if you did a three-year deal for sneed now 
All right, and depending on what's guaranteed in the last year, you could set yourself up for at least three more years, two more years of having McDuffie and Snead together. Like that's the that's the advantage of yeah. doing that. I, I just look at the defense, and unless you can tell me that the money you're not going to give to Chris Jones is then going to be to go pay a Mike Evans and others, then there, you have to make sure you ramp up the offense. That if you're going to take a step back, which you would without Chris Jones, I, I don't know if they go from being the number one, number two defense to. 20th without Chris Jones. No, they got too much talent. Spags is Spags. But if they fall back to 13th, we all know this offense can't be what it was this year. This offense has to be back to what we're used to in KC, and that requires going out and spending some money. So that that's the what would you rather them do, I guess? Would you rather them say, hey, we're going to make sure defensively we're in a very similar spot as we were top five defense. Offensively, we're going to improve, but maybe we can't make the huge leap that, that we would financially. I, I just wonder if the $30 million increase versus $20 million increase in cap actually allows them to do both. Yeah. Listen, no knowledgeable chiefs fan or certainly no one over there at Arrowhead would get um, confused with how dominant that defense was. Can you, can you duplicate that defense again? It's, it's one of the what five best defenses this century. Absolutely. Absolutely. It doesn't get enough credit for that, but it is. I don't know if you can run that back. I know Mahomes can be great again next year and will be great. I think 87 will be great. Four is only going to get better. I know I'm taking a step back defensively. No, even if you bring Chris and Legereus back, I I, I just don't. We never saw Ray Lewis's defense as good as it was in 01. I don't think you're going to see a Chiefs defense as good as it was last year. I'm, I'm bringing it back to Mahomes, and this is your team. We're forever paying you to lead us to the postseason defense did it last year. And of course you came up big and you're a stud, um, but this needs to be an offensive first team. And I think that is the direction moving forward because you're not going to be able to match what that defense was last year. I had always going to take a step back. So the offense needs to come. Back. Absolutely. I always said, looked at what didn't happen before this past year, which was not the long-term deal for Chris Jones. And I assumed that was kind of the end of it that if they weren't willing to do it when he was a year younger and this year he actually had what five sacks less than he had, why would they now come up and meet him to the dollar amount that he wants? I'll be honest, seeing the the updated number today though, makes me wonder like, well, that might be why, because they actually have more money than they thought based on the salary cap. As we just learned from the NFL, if you're just tuning in that the the cap is going to increase in unprecedented $30 million instead of, you know, the 20 to 22 million that everybody thought. Maybe this is the baseball guy in me. I love the intangibles and the importance of the clubhouse and who are the fountains and who are the drains and all of that. But don't you, I, I do, don't you view Chris Jones differently today than you did one year ago at this time? I thought he was a Hall of Fame talent, a Hall of Famer last year at this time. Uh, this year, though, man, to me, he feels more like the Mahomes, Kelsey, Mount Rushmore Chiefs type of player to where you lose that in the locker room. Yes, everyone else is a champion. I, I don't know how you replace. I don't know. You don't replace you don't, it yeah, on the field. Yeah. I don't know how you replace it in the locker room. I wonder at this point in the locker room if they have enough of guys developing on defense to step up to, to where you can feel easier now than you yeah. could a year ago. You know, Trent McDuff- if, if LeJarius Seen is part of this, if Trent McDuffie. You know, I, I wonder if you've got enough there, Spags, obviously. I, sure. I wonder if you have enough that you can do that now. Maybe you couldn't a year or so ago. But to your point, I mean, Chris Jones 
now that he's got three rings, to me, he could retire tomorrow. He's a Hall of Famer. Yes. I think he's he's part of a dynasty. You got three rings. You were an All-Pro during that stretch. You've had double-digit sack seasons. Like I, I think he's an All-Pro no matter what, which is why I wonder, from his mind, what is he thinking about this? We always approach these free agency conversations as if, what do the Chiefs have to do? Like, hey, how come you won't go to $30 million a year? You, you won't reach that dollar amount. What is he what is he willing to do on top of that? And nobody should fault a player for going and getting as much money as possible, but is he willing to go get the deal that that he thinks he's worth? Someone will pay him that. No doubt. I mean, that's just it, for the press conference. Yeah, right. So, just just to have that guy yeah. holding up that jersey, you win your fan Future base over. Yeah. Win your fan base over and you win the offseason just by that press conference. But is he willing to Understand that hey, if you go for the third best team in the NFC South or whatever, are you are you good with finishing your career that way? Where you hey, you're going to be fat and happy. I mean, you're getting paid, but you're not probably winning another ring in your career. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know that answer. He's got that to me will be what he has to decide. If I'm the Chiefs, I, I still, as I said earlier, would wonder like what changed now that you're willing to meet the number. Unless again, it is just that hey, look, the cap went up way more than we thought. We think we can pull this off now. Yeah, thinking of. Multiple time champions on the defensive side. I can't think of many, if any, that take the hometown discount that say I'm chasing rings. They do at the end, Junior say Al Rodney Harrison, they go to that team to try and get the ring. But once you have three, to me, if you have that that right old vet around you that that's telling you. You got to go get. I, I think you got to go get that money because how many times do we see twenty years after retirement, so and sos? Look at the Adrian s- Peterson stuff this week, selling look, all their stuff look, because they everybody don't really care about it. Everybody handles their money differently. I'm not. You know, I'm not saying every guy that had the big deal went broke or anything, but but yeah, we just saw the Adrian Peterson stuff this week where even though he's pushed back and he claimed he didn't give him permission to sell his his trophies, there are reports that maybe he's dealing with some financial issues and all that. You, yeah, you you have a a small window. Yes, it's massive amounts of money that we can't even fathom. But their earnings window is eight years. You know, I think the average earnings window in the NFL for normal average players is, you know, like four years. Chris Jones is going to have a 10-plus year NFL career. And the fourth trophy doesn't change his pocketbook, doesn't change his checking account. It really doesn't change much other than it'll give him another ring to sell in 20 years <laughs> to give his grandkids even more money. So we'll see. But I do think it's positive news uh, to see the salary cap go up more than we actually thought. Random question. For you, Vern, for you, Gold, we'll have uh, Quentin here if he wants to talk about it, too. Wow, and we the, got Q over there. The text line as well, 913-586-7610. Uh, so we talked about it a little bit yesterday to end the show. I, I briefly mentioned it. Uh, the Padres were doing a little mini mic thing as the players were coming out onto the field. We got to cut out the mini mics, by the way. These things are absurd. The uh, the uh, topic <laughs> or the question of choice is best French fry. And a, a majority of the players seem to go crinkle cut, actually, uh, who answered. But there was also shoestring, regular fries, which I would assume are like McDonald's yeah. fries, waffle fries as well. But uh, the random question is, what, fries. what fries are steak yeah. fries? What fries is your go to fry? Well, I'll tell you the one that definitely is not. It's not shoestring. That just reminds me of elementary school soggy fry. Those shoestring socks. <laughs> those, those are terrible fries. Crinkle is really good if they have to be fresh, though. Like every fry is better fresh. But specific- are you thinking of specific ones at each, like shoestring? Are you thinking? I'm thinking elementary school crap. Where, okay. where have you gone outside of school that has good shoestring fries? Uh, I feel like doesn't Shake Shack, Steak and Shake has them. Steak and Shake. I, that's the, what I'm thinking. Those, of. Has them. those are no, no, no. no I, those aren't. Sho- I'm thinking shoestring is like the 
Oh, oh you're cur- thinking curly, curly fries. Yeah, yours, that's curly. That yeah, is different. That'd be, what am I, yeah, one of my, no, the, the shoes, yeah, the thin ones? Yes. Oh, those are phenomenal. Super yeah. thin you ones. can get like 18 of them. And okay, just, I'm just getting confused man. then. I'm thinking, okay, maybe I'm thinking of Arby's of, curly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arby's, Arby's, Arby's curly, curly. curly. Shout out Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, okay, yeah, I got that confused then because I was like, no, those are, those are terrible. But crinkle has to be fresh. Otherwise, they might be the worst. Culver's and I think a Culver is what I think of. Like raising Canes yeah. has the crinkle fries too, Ooh, don't they? Yes, they do. And those those are solid. Yeah, yeah. You don't have uh, waffle fries too often, other than Chick Fil A. I mean, there's not back in the day. You guys remember backyard burgers? Do you, you guys have back? Did they have that around, up in Michigan or anything like Milwaukee? Uh, no, I don't. Backyard burgers. I don't think they exist anymore. But they had pretty good waffle fries. You could even get the Kool Aid burst drink to go with it as a kid. That was top notch stuff right there. Yeah, waffle fries. The only time I get them is Chick Fil A, and usually Same. they're always fresh there. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Normally. Wendy's strong. Yeah. Wendy's fries. I'm sorry See, that I'm just naming I'm, I'm restaurants, the, but I'm, that's what I think. I'm of. out on the Wendy's fries. Really? Yeah. Well, because well, Wendy's promises that they're fresh <laughs> or whatever now, where, where McDonald's, it is a coin flip. But if you get them right, if you get them right, you McDonald's, get them right McDonald's fries are, are banging. They're are, good. Oh, there's still nothing. I hope nobody's watching. Yeah. I mean, if those are hot, the, the McDonald's fries, they are, they're simply the best. They're seasoned as well. There's the. Uh, like garlic fries. They put the Parmesan. Man, there's at a ballpark. You go yeah, to a Royals game, yeah. you get the seasoned fries. I'll be honest. Anything starch is right <laughs> up my alley. Potato <laughs> chips, uh, fries. I, I I just eat like a absolute teenager. So the best fry, one fry for the rest <laughs> of your life. I gotta go tried and true. I, I gotta take Macdo's. Give me the McDonald's. Yeah. I think that's a fresh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but I do think some fries hold up better when they're not fresh, which does that make them actually the better fry overall? You know what I mean? I do. I do know <laughs> what you mean. Yes. Because my <laughs> wife always has extra in her car. And if it's, yeah, Wendy's, I'll horse those down. Uh, like, I'll be honest. So, Burger King, their fries, when they are not fresh, rough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. And well, there's then, like and three of them stuck they, together. I swear, like, man. Oh, look, and I and actually do like Burger King's hamburgers, uh, underrated, but they will pour, and I'm on video, this Gatorade that I'm holding, Powerade, they will just pour salt and just, I swear they just hold it above it Definitely. when they're not fresh. Definitely. And it just sits there and they're just pure salt. They're not any good. Yep. Uh, Q, what is yours? I don't know how much I can add to this conversation because I've actually never had a McDonald's French fry. What? Just, what? Yeah, I know. Just hold like, on. <laughs> Have you had McDonald's? You're a spy. I've never He's had, a spy. I've never had a McDonald's hamburger either. So wow. I don't know how much I can. Have you, pretty you, cool. Actually. I mean, good for you. Actually, yeah. do you do you not eat fast food? Uh, not really. And and when I do, it's you, it's Wendy's. Like that's my go-to. And it's like I know what I want at Wendy's. The Chicken only, nuggets, spicy. The, yeah, there yep. you go. See, Same. the only time I went to McDonald's is uh, when I lived up in Maryville, and they had the dollar McNugget thing, the McChicken. And oh, uh, yeah, that when that was on the dollar menu, me and my my buddies made many a midnight runs to the McDonald's to get the nice. McChicken. Look, you're healthier than all of us, right, clearly, yes. right away. By this, yes. But I just can't get over that. To not Has your family ever, ever had McDonald's? Anyone in your family ever had McDonald's? No, nah, we just, that's just not, I don't know. <laughs> not that's as a cool. kid, not wow. as a... It's a flex. I mean, the only You've time never I could, had a Happy Meal? I mean, that's impressive on your meal. parents, because I know my mom countless times yeah. went, all right, <laughs> you're driving me nuts. Here's a Happy Meal. Go run around in those disease-ridden <laughs> slides. Have you had the fries at Joe's? At uh, like barbecue, you know, yeah. like the oh, unbelievable yeah, yeah, yeah. seasoned fries. Oh, yeah. I mean, those, those are top. Fries. Those are yeah. top I mean, tier. Yeah, top tier fries. If we're, if, we're, if we're talking fast food, I'm I'm going with Five Guys. Five Guys is yeah, but that's more like fast casual. 
Yeah. I had a bad hangover experience with five guys one time, and I can't get (laughs) past it. it, Now, whenever I think of five guys, I just, I think of that Monday morning. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just still stunned with it. I I can't get, I mean, again, it's impressive. I just, like, I imagine Q and his family driving by McDonald's, and they're like, over 100 billion sold, uh, 100 billion (laughs) served, and they're like, really? 100 billion people have been there? We've never (laughs) been there. Okay, all right. Good for them. They must be doing well. I, I mean, I kind of just want to now find out what else have you not had that I right. thought was just... Taco Bell? Yeah. Have you oh, had... I love Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, don't even. No, nah, Taco Bell. I'll smash that, dude. I don't even so care. So, like, yeah. Have you had right. Taco Bell's fries? Taco Bell? Oh, oh, I, 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 I have not. I, I've had the nacho fries. I just don't know how if you, you spent your entire life in the United States of America, right? <laughs> I know, dude. Right. And you're in how old Did are you? Did you live in a jungle in your adolescence? <laughs> I'm 24. Well, his arteries are better than ours. Well, how about some maybe, uh, you know, a slow day in the summer, you and Cody and Drew take him out to McDonald's. <laughs> I think at this point. I mean, he's the son. last person I mean, alive if, if that I, hasn't had McDonald's. Let's see what he thinks. We, I bet you he loves we it. Just get, we just get it's video of him great. going and order his first quarter pounder and fry. And you know how frustrating it is when you go there and someone's looking at the menu like they've never seen it before. And you're like, it's freaking McDonald's. Yeah, Order what you want. Yeah. It'll actually make sense with him. He's never seen it before. I feel we just got to get you a happy meal, like to make up for lost time. That's what that's what you need to order is a happy meal and, and all that. Make sure you get a, a, a toy and everything. Are they still giving toys? Are you even sure about that? I mean, I haven't. I don't know. I think they are. I would imagine. I would imagine well, get there's you a McFlurry still. too, so you can try that. McFlurry. You guys remember back in the day they had the, 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 the all American meal. You remember the all American meal? No, no. no, you don't remember. I don't remember that. Uh-uh. You could, it was basically like a burger and a fry, but there was a, it was just called like an all American meal. You could oh, get well, there sure. too. Well, I'm but an American. Yeah, I can Amer- piece that together. <laughs> first, yeah, like, well, I'm burger, American. fries, and a coke. First, like, go. I'm an American. I've yeah. had fries. Ice I guess cream. I'm not American. I guess that's what we've. I will say that it's it's making people question. It's got to be a top five things. To prove that you're an American, I've had McDonald's. Not even an American. McDonald's is everywhere. Yeah, There's got to be one in Antarctica. It's a global thing. That's incredible. Good in, for you, man. In terms of the fry, I don't know. I want to break uh, it, though. Like when you go to the bar and they've got those, like, they're almost like double-cooked fries. They're kind of like that light brown, and they're like uh, got the crispy outside. I'm like thinking of like hot fries in the in the bag that you get at the gas you know what station. I'm talking about Drew cheese. The, the way it's it's like they're double fried is what you're. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those fried. are the those are the ones that I want. They, I want a nice. A, they're they're cri- they're so crispy that you you oh, can like bite right pub through. fries or, or yes. you know like, yeah yes. Pub yeah, those, fries. those are solid. I don't know if that's what they're officially yeah. called. I don't know solid. what they're called either, but uh, I, I want a nice crispy outside and fluffy inside. So. <laughs> Go to McDonald's and yeah. get back at no me. No kidding, please. Somebody oh, drop off McDonald's fries and burgers now. I don't oh, know. At this man. point, would my system reject it? No. You know? Well, everyone's system rejects it. <laughs> <laughs> Real food, but yeah, it's all right sometimes. All right, that's the, that's the that random, random question. I, which is weird because at one point today I was going to ask you, and now I know the answer is no, would you have it? KFC's rolling out have you, uh, a, a sandwich, but it's called a chizza. A chizza or whatever. Chicken patty and yes. then pepperoni and yeah. cheese on top of so it basically. chicken fillets basically like the you know fried chicken fillets but with cheese and then pepperonis on top if someone bought it for me i'd try it but i will never purchase that yeah I'd, I'll, I'll yeah i'll try it but and the kfc that's near me eh, a little suspect quality control not there huh yeah, no. not not across the board no there you go. Uh, thank you for uh, thank you for entertaining us with that uh, cue. The text line is still enjoying. 
everything about the uh, the, the McDonald's aspect to uh, it's the like random question. Watching a baseball of this. game. It's, yeah. This is pledge of allegiance. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, I mean that, that's an all timer. I really I mean, that that's something I'm now going to remember the rest of my life. That I once had somebody an intern on the show. Now not an intern, but at the time an intern of ours. Q that never has had McDonald's. So yeah, what is more? Is it ubiquitous than McDonald's? What what is? I mean that's that's as American as it gets. I mean Walmart. Have you been inside of a Walmart? <laughs> Yes, I've been inside of a womb. Is this going to be a list now? Do I got to well, go? Yeah, kinda, what, what I need to compile a list. Yes, things? of twenty things that are I thought were things everybody's done in their life in America. Name the first president. You know, <laughs> like some things you just experience. Have you ever it. shot off a firework? Yeah, but uh, I I did as a kid, like sprinklers and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm sparklers. Yeah, sparklers. Yeah. 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 Sprinklers. Have you ever ran through a sprinkler before? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just going to go through. That's another. <laughs> yeah. Have you had popsicles on the 4th of July? <laughs> Do you know why the 4th of July is important? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, is it to celebrate man. Ronald and his yes, success right. as a businessman? Mm-hmm. All right, coming up next, 1 o'clock hour. Vern's hanging out with us till 2 o'clock. I, I want to ask him if we're acknowledging and viewing, I should say, one individual with this club the same way we did last year. Plus, Vern's got to give me some Royals bets, and I'm going to run some by him mm-hmm. next. One o'clock hour here on a Friday. It's Cody and gold. We'll get back to club six, 10 here in a week or two. We're reorganizing some things with that. And so I don't know. Sorry if Vern was hoping for some alcoholic beverages. Maybe there's some around here. Still. I was going to bring in some beer. Oh, you could have still uh, not I an official it. club six, 10 though. Okay. No, not an official club six, 10. Cause then you're uh, just drinking at one o'clock and <laughs> Hey, well, I mean, you're, you're still, I mean, hot, you're about to get, you're, you're about to get really busy again, but did you, by the way, did you go anywhere? Like, did you get a, after the long season, did you have a chance this off season to go anywhere? No, no, nowhere fancy. Went to Michigan to see family, went to the Michigan, Ohio state game. Ooh. Okay. I'm jealous. So that was the highlight. Have you been, had you been, was it, that was at the big house this year? Or was yep. that the horse? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's... I haven't been since Oh five. Oh, okay. So it'd have been a long time. Yeah. That's a bucket list. I, that's at some point I gotta, at some point I gotta make it out to, uh, to uh, the big house or just that particular or Columbus. Yeah. yeah. I would say that, that particular game in, in rivalry. Yep. So we got Vern with us till two o'clock and then a reminder Royals baseball first time this year on the air at two as the Royals open up spring training against the Texas Rangers. Daniel Are you Lynch. calling him Daniel Lynch the fourth? No, okay. I'm just not. No, you're, a ra- you're a real radio pro. Uh, man, if you're not doing it, I'm not. Doing I'm that. not. I mean, look, I, I, I doubt that he's going to, I don't, I don't think it's something that he's going to get all that irritated by. If I just say Daniel Lynch either. You, you put it on the back you of his have jersey. To, you have to worry about it more than I do. You're in the clubhouse on a daily basis. Maybe, yeah. maybe, but I don't know. It's not like he, hey, we've been pronouncing his name wrong the whole time. And it's like, hey, obviously show some respect. Pronounce the guy, learn how to pronounce the guy's name. Mm-hmm. He added the, he added Daniel Lynch the third, right? Or whatever. To fourth. The, or the fourth. I'm sorry. Yeah, Ivy. Ivy. Daniel mm-hmm. Lynch, seen that. there you go. <laughs> to, the, to the end. I don't know. You think we need to be, I'm not going to say Daniel Lynch the fourth every single time. If he wins the five spot. I'll call him Daniel Lynch the fourth. Okay. Fair enough. A little bit more proper. Fair enough. I, I did want to ask you, though, before we get to some maybe bets for this Royal season, I got a couple I ran by you a few weeks ago and mm-hmm. kind of how you're viewing the season. We know the win total sitting at 73 and a half at, at multiple books, which is an interesting number. We can get to that in a second. But how do you, I guess, view Q this year? Uh, and last year evaluation year, I mean, I don't know what people expected uh, for him to have done differently. Uh, to me, any criticism was ridiculous for the most part um, last year. 
how do you view him now that we know they went out and spent money, that there are increased expectations? How do you approach that? I mean, you've, you've covered multiple managers now in, the, in a Royals uniform and, and been covering this organization for a while. I've always maintained that the manager's job from the beginning of spring training until the end of August is maintain a cohesive clubhouse and utilize your relievers properly. You know, don't overwork your bullpen. That's really it. Clubhouse and bullpen. Now, we get to September, we're playing meaningful games. Okay, X's and O's, we can start diving into that stuff. Uh, Which, by the way, I was a fan of how Q managed uh, the team, his personnel last year, his bullpen. I'm a fan of how he goes about putting a lineup together, how he goes about executing the X's and O's. I'll go back to something we talked about last hour and my curiosity with this team and how they handle the first losing streak of the season, especially if it comes in the first few weeks of the season. How do they handle being one and four? How do they handle being two and seven? How does Q handle it? Last year, he took the approach of, understandably, because he's no dummy. He knew he didn't have any talent and he knew he didn't have any pitching. So he wasn't going to get frustrated. But last year in April, he took to um, uh, he took a deferential tone to the opposition. You know, always giving credit, man. Hey, you know, they're big leaguers too, and boy, that Pablo Lopez is tough, or boy, that Shohei Otani really had our number. Wow, Kevin Gosman really shoved it up <laughs> our tailpipes tonight. I don't want to hear that this season. Um, so, two things that I want from Q: a, how does he keep everyone in that clubhouse in a not just a positive mindset, but a confident, aggressive mindset to where we're not genuflecting to the other Major League Baseball team. No, we're a Major League Baseball team as well. I need that attitude from the top down. I need Bobby, Vinny, Salvi. I need them exuding that. I need that from Reagans, and that begins with the manager. You know, you, you go back to the championship team, The reason why that team was, yes, close was because of the bond that they built as teammates, but also Ned took all the slings and arrows and only uh, gave off a a confident tone. So when they are two and seven, whenever that we've lost eight of 10 stretch comes across, I want almost an indignant Matt Quitrero of we're going to turn this thing around. We're too talented not to. Because there was also the balance I saw a lot last year from fans at times, which was interesting because of how fans reacted to Mike Matheny prior, which was like, well, he's not, a, he's not angry enough. And then when it was Mike Matheny, of course, like, well, you're just running way too hot, man. Right. So what, that, that, that balance, I always, that was something I saw a lot last year from some fans at times. Like, you need to be angry. You need to be mad. Also, I don't know what good does that necessarily do. Especially when you can read the writing on the yeah. wall. And those people that were complaining that Q wasn't showing enough emotion in the next breath would talk about how void of talent this team was or how we, 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 we can't develop a pitcher or we can't develop a superstar. Well, how in the hell is Q supposed to win or, and, and listen, you're not going to see Q thrown out of games. Uh, it's, it's, you're not going to see a big spike this year. He's not going to turn into Ned Yost it, because you got to be who you are. And, and, and Q uh, is, is, Certainly building those relationships in spring training, does it before games, after games, in the clubhouse and whatnot. Um, So if a game starts and he starts blowing his top, 
everyone in that dugout looks and says, all right, now he's panicking. He's gripping it a little bit too tight. He's starting to, you know, um, forget the lessons learned from 2023. And that's really what this year is going to come down to is those first two months. Are you able to take a deep breath and understand there's still four months to play after that? Can you uh, maintain through May? That's really what my focus is going into the season. I mentioned the the win total for this team. It's set in Vegas over under 73 and a half. 56 win team a year ago. And that's that's a heck of a a climb already. But as we've discussed, I mean, there's reasons to be optimistic as well. When you see that number, does that sound right for you? Or is it too high? Yeah, I would I would bet the if I was betting and I don't yeah. bet on something like that, but yeah. but I would bet the under. I certainly wouldn't place that bet because then you're just rooting against the Royals all year. <laughs> right, that's now, now that, yeah. That, that seems to me to be somewhat swayed by a big offseason. Uh, but that's that's a pretty hefty jump. Now they can certainly uh, make that jump, right? Clear that. And like we talked about in the previous hour, the only way they do that is if Reagan Singer, and in my opinion, MJ Melendez, meet or exceed expectations. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that all three of those things happen because if that is the case, this team's going to be competing into September. The division, you, you brought them up last hour, the rest of the division, I should say, and everybody's optimistic and, and everybody should be. It's not the AL East. You don't, you don't have to get to 98 wins right. maybe to, to win this thing. Right. It might be 83 wins or something like that. Who knows? I mean, I don't think the gap between whoever you think the best team is going, I think the Twins are favorites maybe in this division to win it on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever that looks like, I don't think the you know the third place team necessarily is going to be 30 games worse or something. You yeah. know, So like, what do you make of the rest of the division? And, and where would you put the Royals right now in that pecking order? Just going to the season, you're not saying how they're going to finish, but just yeah. going in with what we know right now. Well, there's still some big name free agents yeah, out there. A lot, but is that this seems like more than normal? Am I wrong? Where spring training's happening, games are happening today, and there's some, like some big names. Yeah, all Boris names. Yeah. So it's yeah. not abnormal. Okay. This is his mo. <laughs> Uh, but listen, uh, Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery goes to Cleveland or Minnesota. Changes it all. That yeah. changes it all. Um, but when you you look around the American League Central, who has the best rotation? You know, you you. I always lean Cleveland because they seem to draft and develop better than anyone else in the business. Uh, bullpen is a crapshoot. I think the best offense is in Minnesota. So, yeah, I, you know, it, it, it's really, it, it, it comes down to pitching. You look at Detroit, can, can Tarek Skubal uh, be that consistent arm? Can he be that number one that Detroit's been waiting for? Can Cole Reagans be that in Kansas City? Is Dylan Cease long for Chicago? Um, the answers to those three questions, I think, dictates who finishes third. When you mentioned Dylan Cease, it actually reminded me, though, of what hopefully doesn't happen. But let, let's say the moves that they made this offseason, we know that multiple players have option years, right? And so uh, mm-hmm. on the on the deal. So Michael Walker, Seth Lugo type. If this team doesn't take the step that we all look for them to take, and it is around the trade deadline, I'm not talking about younger pieces because now that they've locked up Bobby Wood Jr., I think that changes what they would be willing to do with some of the younger pieces. But a Michael Walker, a Seth Lugo, anybody else, certainly any of the bullpen arms for the most part, would, would, would that be a scenario where you think they would still, if they were 
underachieving from where they thought they would be. They would they would be willing to trade Walker. They should be willing to trade Walker, Lugo, and any of those guys if it got to that point of course, midseason. Yeah. Of course, be willing to. I think you'd be reluctant somewhat with, with Waka and Lugo um, unless someone is ready to fill that spot for 2025, right? The, the moves that they made this offseason, I think, uh, by some time for J.J. Piccolo to build up that farm system to get everything ready by 2026. So I think the moves made this offseason are their aggressiveness, not only for 24, but also for 25. Renfro and the relievers, to me, would be top of mind. Those would be the first to go at a deadline deal. Uh, Waka and Lugo, certainly. But I don't think you're... When they traded Witt Merrifield or Carlos Santana or Jorge Soler... Scott Barlow, we knew those moves were coming. We were, I don't know. I wasn't that interested in the return. I just, these guys, you got to get rid of Carlos Santana. You got to get rid of uh, Jorge Soler. You got to get rid of Whit Merrifield. Um, Waka, Lugo are not going to fall into the category of, all right, it's the deadline. There's no reason to hang out of these guys. No, there's a reason. You know, Waka's presence in that clubhouse, Waka's presence in that rotation for 2025 completely alters what this team is in 25. Because that's what I, I, I think is a little tricky about this year for me. And, and I love all the moves that they made. And I, I do think we're going to see a much better product on the field. But at the same time, unless it is also individuals, you mentioned Reagan, Singer, Melendez, Vinny, and, and these guys being a, a part of that, it's not long-term. Like Michael Walk and Seth Lugo, even if they're great this year, they're not here in 26 and 27. They're not, they're not long-term pieces. So I guess when I'm viewing what's successful this year, if the team wins 78 games, I think most people would sign up for that. All right? day. All, all day all long. Day. would be great. Give yes. me that. Absolutely. But if that is mainly carried by Waka and Lugo and not that Cole Reagans was great again and not that Vinny played a buck 40 and not that, you know, MJ Melendez played, you know, across the season was consistent. If it, if those guys aren't a huge reason, and maybe you would say, Hey, they have to be for them to get to 78. But I, I guess it's a weird mix of, is there fool's gold perhaps with, with what this year could be based off of, I don't think Waka and Lugo are that good enough okay, to okay. carry, you know, Waka, Lugo, Renfro, Salvi, I, I, Bobby, I, I don't think that's good enough to carry you to an impressive season. If those guys are good and everybody else is bad, you're bad. And Renfro's traded, relievers are traded. Maybe Waka or Lugo is moved, but if you're that bad, that also means that Singer and Reagans probably aren't delivering, which means you, the the pitching woes that we've discussed for the past half decade are continuing. So no, I'm not going to part with Waka or Lugo. The only way I, no, I, I don't, I don't see how or, or why you would part with those guys this season. It, it, it's, it's of course possible, but man, that's a pretty dark scenario to envision. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't want it to happen. I was just talking sure. it out a little bit as we sure. got Vern with us again. Hot stove season, uh, Vern's hot stove show underway last night. If you missed it, Odyssey app six ten sports dot com every Thursday at six o'clock. Right, six to seven last night had uh, the hitting coach Alex Zumwalt and outfielder Drew Waters. Just subscribe to the All Things Vern podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. I wanted to run some bets that I already made. Okay. You can tell me if I'm already losing money on these. Like it. Uh, and then any other, I'll run some other ones by. So I texted you about this. I think it looks like I placed the bet back on January 31st. So it's not even been a full month yet. 
But at the time, and it's already altered, Cole Reagan's regular season strikeout leader in all of baseball, 80 to 1. It's already down to like 35 or 40 to 1 at this point. So oh, really? I, yeah. It's well, been, then it's you a don't pun- need my advice. That's, a, well, that's, that's the book telling you good well, job. I, I, well, yes, I got good value. Yes. But what, when, it would be a special year. He pitched like a Cy Young guy on the back half. The reason why I didn't don't bet, need to be on a good team. I didn't bet Cy Young because of that reason. Right. Whereas you can be the strikeout leader and be on a 70 win team. For sure. Cy Young, you're going to have to be on a much better I mean, team. James Shields was up there a few That's years. True. Those were better teams, of course. Uh, yeah, without question. I, he led baseball right from like the middle was, of August. He was a Cy Young pitcher for two and a half months or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, if you're wondering, some of the other names that are ahead of him in the yacht. So Strider. And people don't know Cole Reagan's outside of Kansas City that, and Arlington. Yeah, I, and I think that's why. it's So he's 35 to 1 now. So some other people have caught on to this a little bit. But Spencer Strider is the favorite. For sure. Big time favorite, by yeah. the way. There's a huge gap. Yeah. He's plus 195. Kevin Gosman is, is 10 to 1. Yeah. And then Garrett Cole at <laughs> 12 to 1. So there's a big gap. The other one, uh, stolen bases. And we know what Acuna did last year. Just absurd. Mm-hmm. Just ran away with it. But and stolen, Bobby coming one shy. Yeah. From 50. Uh, Acuna plus 160 to lead the league in stolen bases. Uh, Ruiz plus 390. Corby Carroll. And then uh, Ellie De La Cruz. He lost me a lot of money. I swear I was like all in on it. Like he was, I, I still, whenever I bet on him, Vern, it seemed like he had off days. But mm-hmm. Bobby Witt, uh, I got him at 13 to 1. He's now 11 to 1. He's got the one, two, three, four, five, six best odds to. Stolen bases. Yeah, the Ruiz kid in Oakland. I think he's still in Oakland. He's he's the name that scares me most. Is he going to be on base as much as Bobby? No, but he's going to be running every time he's on base. Uh, Bobby now with $300 million coming his way. Is he <laughs> getting uh, as many green lights? Are we not reckless? He was never reckless. Um, but we got to be careful with those fingers now, right? Those thumbs are really important. We don't want anything happening to his wrists. Oh, so, that one, so that one scares you a little yeah, bit, it sounds like. Okay. It, it scares me because Mike Trout stole a lot of bases early in his career. And then as he started to make millions and millions of dollars, they said, hey, you know what? How about you just focus on gap to gap? How about you just focus <laughs> on OPS and we'll have someone else steal the bases? Bobby's still going to rip 40, 50 bags. But shoot, you saw it took seventy. Seven. Yeah, he's got to get to sixty. He's gonna have to get to sixty to have a chance, yeah. right? I mean, if we're being honest, yes, he's gonna have to get to sixty to be right there uh, in the uh, the awards market for for that. Someone on the text, I want to know Bobby's MVP odds. If you were curious, American League MVP odds, Bobby Wood Jr. twenty to one right now. Uh, he is behind Kyle Tucker, Julio Rodriguez, Jordan Alvarez is plus nine fifty, Seager eight fifty, Soto six to one. The favorite in the AL is. Aaron Judge sure. at, at plus 550. Well, that just takes a special, special season and then the team aspect too, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it, the, the Royals would have to win the AL Central. Yeah. And by the way, if they won the AL Central, it probably means Bobby Wood Jr. is having an MVP type season right. too. And Vinny's not <laughs> far behind as protection. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's one of those, like, if you if if the Royals win the AL Central, you might, if you, you've actually thought that was going to happen, it wouldn't hurt to put, you know, five bucks on Cole Reagans to, to win Cy Young and uh, Bobby Wood to win MVP, something crazy like that. I haven't heard that sound. I don't know if you would th- knows what, know what that means, Vern. I haven't heard this sound in a long time. Mock draft? That's the mock draft sounder. Mock draft season. It's the first time this year I think we've sounded it. What do you got? Uh, Tom Farnelli today came out with a mock draft for CBS Sports. Uh, Farnelli? Farnelli. 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 And uh, at pick number 32, 
He has the Kansas City Chiefs not going wide receiver, not going offensive lineman, but Byron Murphy, defensive lineman out of Texas Ooh. at pick 32. Well, I think a lot of this has to do with what they might do with Chris Jones as far as what my opinion is going to be on Byron Murphy or any defensive tackle. Of course, edge, this also right? was pre-salary cap uh, sure. announcement well, as well. I mean, so. yeah, 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 and there'll be a hundred of these that come out. I, I think... If they're going to take a defensive lineman in the first round, that means, in my opinion, Chris Jones is not back. They would have, and they'll obviously know this way before we get to the end of April. But like, I wouldn't draft a defensive tackle or end in the first round if uh, Chris Jones is back. I think I would draft one still later in the draft. Uh, but if Chris Jones is gone, then yeah, it becomes a huge priority. I thought Byron Murphy team. was a safety from Washington. There, that is that is a safety. Different, different. Uh, I guess different more people, Byron yeah, Murphy's. I guess, but yes. yeah, yeah. He played, yeah, he played out with the Huskies. Mm-hmm. No, I have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> I, really... some, I was running through some numbers uh, in the bullpen <laughs> with Golden. So he, I think that th- this year, he had 13 solo tackles. That's it. But he did have, uh, like, five of those were sacks. He had seven and a half tackles for loss. Uh, I guess not st- statistically the name you, or the stat, you'd, the stat line you'd like to see with a first-round pick. Uh, Jerzon Newton is the guy from Illinois who's a lot better better at least in terms of on the board are you surprised they went in d-line though instead of o-line i know i obviously the conversation is going to change a hundred times by say, the time we get to I, i'm not surprised the draft itself i'm not surprised because what you just said there i mean we we're gonna have a thousand mock drafts and there's gonna be plenty that haven't taken a wide receiver and there's gonna be plenty that haven't taken an offensive lineman and from a fan aspect, my guess is always the sexier one is the wide receiver. So everybody will get excited when wide receivers are mocked to the Chiefs. And if they end up getting mocked uh, an offensive tackle, everybody's like, oh, that sucks. I'm waiting to pick 32 for them to draft a tackle. Like, we, we know how this goes. Wide receivers, way more, way more fun and exciting. Um, but no, I mean, Murphy or a player like that makes sense if, to me... Chris Jones is not back. Otherwise, I don't believe they got to go tackle or, or end in the first round. If Chris Jones right. is back, it's wide receiver or O-line for me. That's kind of where I'm at. So, Fornelli's mock draft also has some interesting trades. I, I, I figure I could bring those up okay. real, real quick before we go to break. Uh, they have the Falcons trading up to number two oh. to draft Jaden Daniels from LSU. So then where does Justin Fields end up? If So that means the Bears aren't trading Fields to Atlanta in that scenario. So the Bears are taking Caleb Williams at one, but then what are they doing with Fields? Maybe they trade him to Washington. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Mm, okay. um, the, the Patriots at three, they have taking Marvin Harrison Jr., not a quarterback. Then at number four, they have the Vikings trading up to four with the Cardinals so the Vikings can take Drake May fourth overall. Mm. And then uh, the Falcons, or the, they have Washington taking... Olu Fashanu, the offensive tackle from Penn State. Sure. Um, JJ McCarthy, the Steelers, they have trading up to nine. <laughs> hey, I don't know who ha- I don't know who a lot of these people are, Drew. I don't the, know. The Steelers, Vern's guy, JJ McCarthy, they have going number nine overall to Pittsburgh. Oh, which that just seems like Katie Pickett all over again. <laughs> like, and I don't know who I'm insulting. I don't know who I'm insulting in that, <laughs> but like that just seems like Katie Pickett all over again. I'd Ugh. much rather as a Bengals fan than take JJ McCarthy, I guess, than. Oh, I, I think your Cincinnati Bengals need to take quarterback. I mean, your guy, Joe Burrow, can't stay healthy. Oh, Last time he even played. Yeah, I mean, this guy just injury <laughs> prone at this point. Is Jake Browning needs a backup now just in case he gets hurt. Oh, he's smoking. Yeah. <laughs> they have, uh, by the way, Bo Nix going to the Patriots at 30. So they have the Patriots Ooh. getting Bo Nix and Marvin Harrison Jr. in the first round, which would be uh, interesting for the Boston area. I mean, can't tell you how much money I've lost on Bo Nix. Really? That's the guy. The Everybody clown. has a player. So. Every team he went to, I'm like, I think today is a good day for Bo Nix. Nope. Auburn, Oregon, all of them. I mean, he did well at Oregon, depending on which Not game. Not when you, I bet on him. Which, <laughs> <laughs> depending on which game you bet on the Ducks. 
Yeah, I, I just the, the one I can't get over real quick in that scenario was the the fields are not trading for field. Atlanta goes up to two. Okay, so they draft Drake May or, or you so said Jane Daniels. They must trade him to Washington then, I guess. But if you're Washington, you have the number two overall pick. You can get Drake May or Jane. You're going to go then trade. What about New for, England? Because uh, well, Patriots are taking Marvin Harrison at there. three. Yeah, they, draft they, they, they could take a quarter. Oh, right, right, right. But yeah, I think it'll be. I mean, if oh, Justin Fields in New England with. Marvin Harrison Jr., okay, okay. I mean, if you're the Falcons, though, would you rather have Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, or Jaden Daniels from LSU? I think that that's a question I guess you have to ask yourself. Yeah, I just think we've seen time and time again. Like, if you are the if you have a top-five pick and you don't have the franchise quarterback, I just, why am I trading for the veteran option? I just don't get it. Like, the reason why the Chiefs acquired Alex Smith, they weren't picking in the top-five at that point. Like, if you're further down, if you're picking 17th overall – and you're, you know your roster, this is where Atlanta comes into play. You know your roster is decent. That's, to me, mm. where you go get Kirk Cousins or Justin Fields. But I got a top-five pick. That means my roster's not great. I'm going to get the rookie contract for four years that I can enjoy and build around that guy. You have sold on J.J. McCarthy as a pro, Vern? No. I'm not, no. No, uh, I I'm, wish I'm him either. the best. I wish he would have come back, but no. No, I'd give me the, yeah, give me Daniels, even Drake May. Hit the bricks, bro. What's the, uh, we, we can talk more, more about things. this on the other side. I wonder, there's one thing I, I think is happening when, when all of us talk about Drake May. I want to see if you agree with me on that. Plus, something that is happening for $5,000 next. Oh, I, uh, are we really doing this? Are we really playing this? Oh, Vern is in studio after all. Royals baseball coming up in uh, less than 30 minutes. Also, Drew, Drew's. Do you remember win- Trey Burke? That yeah, basketball yeah okay. absolutely. Yeah. Thank this you for that. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah. It was a long one, time one, ago. one of the Never biggest gonna, shots in uh, thank you. NCAA tournament thank history. You. Yes, the game was that in Dallas. White the game was in, Sorry, Gold. <laughs> game was in Dallas. Yep. Who uh, was that guy? Who was the. Um, was that. That would have been. Would that have been the time Withy was there? Yes. No. A, no, it was. It was Withy. Was, was it? In his face. Yes, because Withy was there when I was in college. So I'm just trying to think if I'm off on my years here. That was a Marv Albert on the call too. If 20, I remember correctly, 2013. I was just at. Okay, so yeah, I would just graduate. So Timmy yeah. Hardaway stuff. Oh yeah, that, that oh, was great. Great, great Michigan team, team. Yeah, but no, those there are shots as a fan or moments as a fan. <laughs> that'll be one. Obviously, Syracuse and what Hakeem Warwick, I guess, or in Carmelo. Obviously. But that's the life of a Kansas fan. Everyone yeah. remembers when they beat Kansas in a sure. big way. Because they're always in big games. And that's what's happening now with the Chiefs, right? right. I mean, that's when, when, when Cincinnati or yes. Buffalo beats them in the regular yeah. season, that's exactly what's happening. And again, if you're just joining us, uh, the NFL did confirm, announced that the salary cap going up $30 million instead of around 20. So that is a good sign for the Chiefs and the likelihood maybe they can keep both Jones and Snead. We shall see. Well, hang see. on, Gold. You sounded, uh, I hate to bring it on the air, yeah. you sounded optimistic in the commercial break yeah. that, I, holy I, crap, we could run this whole thing back. Well, yeah, for... Up until an hour and a half ago, I, I kind of didn't understand why the Chiefs would actually bring Jones back from just that they didn't do it a year ago. He's a year older. The dollar amounts. Why, why now? But the why might just be that, hey, we didn't even expect this projection. These are guys that are extremely talented at what they do in the front office and much smarter than you and I with math and everything like this. They project caps based on all the reports this is much higher than anybody expected. $255.4 million is the salary cap per team. It's the largest increase in NFL history for an offseason. It's a $30 million jump. You were expecting a what? Uh, it was supposed to be at two forty three to two forty five. So okay. almost 10, so half, yeah, over ten million. Yeah, over $10 million yeah. jump. 
And if you're thinking about uh, what a, a deal looks like with Chris Jones or Snead, the franchise tag for Snead is 19. Chris Jones could be an average of 30 million. That 10 million is a big deal. It might mean, you know, when you if you get a deal done with Nick Bolton, which could be 15 or 16 million a year. All of a sudden, we were saying, oh, you can only keep one of these guys. Maybe they're able to keep both. Um, maybe they're also completely thinking it's not about keeping those guys. Now they're like, well, we'll go ahead and get Mike Evans now. I, I don't know. I just think it's great news for the Chiefs for a team that already has a championship roster and you're always worrying about losing championship pieces. This doesn't hurt. Right. <laughs> it, it definitely doesn't hurt. And it's the byproduct of nailing drafts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I grew up in Michigan as a Detroit Lions fan, and because of that punishment, I was rewarded in my professional career of being around Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and now being in the same city as Patrick Mahomes. Rodgers, Favre, what they weren't able to do was nail the draft consistently to allow big-name defensive, offensive linemen, wide receivers to stick around. Yeah, they were always paying for, always paying Rodgers, could never keep those big names around them. If Veach continues to hit 60, 70% of his draft picks, it's amazing to think that you win a Super Bowl with one of the best defenses in 20 years, the best quarterback ever, and you might not have to lose anybody that you really love, right? There's a chance. There's de- there's definitely more of a chance right now if than there was two, two back, hours ago. Yeah. If Snead and Chris Jones come back, who does the Chiefs fan lose that they have grown fond of? This offseason, pretty low on the list. You know, like I think we already were looking at Willie Gay's probably not back. I think I think he okay. became more of a fan favorite. But let's be honest, no disrespect to him. He's going to get paid somewhere else. He had a hell of a season. But it's a linebacker, and he's not, to me, he's still not your best linebacker anyway. You know, you, you can live with that. I mean, Jarek McKinnon and, Cl- you know, and Clyde Odegelaire at the end became a little bit more of a fan favorite. And obviously, just as a person, how can you not respect Clyde with the story coming out yes. about how he comforted children and, and helped them out during the, mm-hmm. the shooting at Union Station? So I think there's some of that. But if we're talking from a star-level player, this offseason, there's a chance that they may not lose the pieces we thought. We'll, we'll see. Again, it's more likely now than it was two hours ago. And that's probably the scariest thing to t- every other general manager and head coach in the NFL – Probably the scariest thing they've seen come out of Kansas City since you know, Mahomes' debut season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To, to I mean, think this is not what you wanted. You, this the, is not, you didn't want to – yes, the cap goes up for everybody, but there's a difference when you're the Bills who haven't got over the hump and you're negative 50 in cap space. Yeah, it helps that you're now negative 40 in cap space, no sure. doubt, but it's not the same. You, 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 don't, you know the window the Chiefs are currently in. The, everybody's well aware that Chris Jones would be the number one free agent on the market, and does this make it less likely that he becomes a free agent? I think – the answer is yes. It doesn't guarantee he's here, but the percentage of wherever you were at earlier today of, oh, he's, you know, 70% chance he's gone. Whatever that is, it has to be less than 70 that he's gone now, if that's where you were at, based off of, uh, based off of the news. I, I did want to ask you, uh, before we went to break, just about um, how we view certain players in the draft real quick. I mentioned Drake May, and you were talking about him. I feel like people are down on Drake May, who could be the number one, or number two, I guess he could be the number one, but number two overall pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's the commander's. Because he played at North Carolina, the same uniform that both Sam Howell and Trubisky wore, I think people are like, oh, well, that's the same guy. It's not a good. Whereas I am like Drake that. May that's is me, yeah. way more athletic than Trubisky and certainly just better than I me. Mean, Sam Howell was a fifth round pick. Mm-hmm. Drake May might be number one, number two overall. Yeah. Hmm. 
That's I'll what, take your word you, on it. As far okay. as the athleticism, I didn't really watch much Drake May. I just saw North Carolina white guy that looks like that. <laughs> That's Mitch Trubisky. I, hey, I think a lot of people are guilty of that, including myself. I just, I've, I, I, in the last week or so, I've like, I, I'm wondering, and I've talked this out more, and I'm just like. Is that what it is? Because I do. I was doing the same thing. I think we're all guilty of that sometimes. I didn't see anyone uniform. make plays like the Heisman Trophy Award winner did last year. I mean, that's a yeah. playmaker that you think works on any level. And I, I think the Drake May slander comes from uh, hearing talking heads put his name in the same breath as Jaden Daniels mm. and Caleb Williams okay. to where you're thinking, hey, he might be good. He could be a great NFL quarterback, but don't try and tell me He's the playmaker that these two are because I've seen these two make extraordinary plays throughout their career. Look, if I if I was drafting in the top three, the order of quarterbacks I would dra- I would go Kayla Williams one, I would then go Jaden Daniels, and then I would go Drake May. So I mean, I, I'm with you on the what I think sure. will be the three better, and who knows? It's the NFL and the combine. Somebody's hands going to be smaller than we think, and everybody's going to freak out for a half second. Right. You know, that's how this stuff goes. Ferns with me for another 20 minutes. For Royals baseball coming up at 2 o'clock as the Royals get set to open up Cactus League play. And uh, you get your Cactus League gear, man. You know, you just got to stock up on that Cactus League gear. And I still have never made it out to spring training. I need to do that at some point. That's still the one one thing I haven't done, but I'm excited to hear some baseball back on, on the airwaves here on uh, on 610, man. It's going to be Jake good. Eisenberg about to crush it. Oh, yeah, he's I, great. He's fantastic. I spoke with him at the um, – where, where they announced the stadium renderings and all that, whatever that was. He was ready to go, like ready to call yes. a game weeks ago. So it's going to sound like game one of the World Series coming up at about 20. Minutes. I wonder if they're going to bring up the, the pants issue in Major League Baseball. You and I discussed that earlier, the see-through pants. The new update on this just now from The Athletic is Nike's new MLB uniform rollout has reached a new stage of frustration, a pants shortage. So now they just don't have enough of them. Yeah. It's not, ju- it's not just the see-through pants. They don't have enough. What? How? This is Major League Baseball. This yeah. isn't minor league. Major League Baseball has crappy uniforms now that are see-through and they don't have enough. But they <laughs> all have email addresses, and I would imagine those email addresses uh, were sent to every team broadcaster, and they said, hey, you know what? How about you uh, don't mention <laughs> the jersey? So, no, I would not expect <laughs> Jake yeah. and Rhino and Stu to go in. Stay away uh, from the pants, the fact huh? That they could probably see the scrote of <laughs> Daniel Lynch. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Some of the photos <laughs> that have been coming out from this are absolutely ridiculous for oh, a uh, for MLB player. Again, uh, search out that Giants player. Yeah, type it. Yeah, gi- just Giants uniform or Giants player. It'll pop up. You can see his and, testicles. Uh, it's see through. Def- yeah. Definitely, there they are, winking at you. Yep. <laughs> definitely, definitely see through. Um, before before I let you go. Um, I, I guess this is the, quite the transition yeah, from that. Good luck with um, that. Yep. I was going to say we did a trash of the day earlier today when Pete Sweeney was joining me, and I and I, I thought this was perfect for both of you. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Th- have you ever considered plastic surgery? No, never. No, no, neither have I. No, maybe if I had a different career. Oh, you know, maybe maybe if you were like if I was like in television and doing really a, well a, a lot instead of, people of floundering have, in radio the way I am. A lot of people have commented on you; they they don't only really see you. And they're all on video You're today. Welcome. Some people, have, uh, some positives, Vern. Some people have been talking about the blue eyes. Yeah, that's my mom, probably. That's, that's probably <laughs> my mom or my sister or anyway, my mother-in-law. I, I bring this up because the New York City men, I guess, are paying plastic surgeons $5,000 for almond-shaped nipples like David Beckham. It is, quote, a growing trend. Who knew? Five grand uh, nipples that are all, I, I still don't know. You're married. So maybe you can ask your wife this. How many women are paying attention to the nipples of men anyway? 
Not many in my life. Um, <laughs> mine are like historically, uh, legendarily small. Oh. Um, Almond shaped, no? But not shaped like, a, more like shaped like a dime. Okay. To give you a reference. Okay. That was always the joke. Uh-huh. But an almond. Uh-huh. Yeah. Almond, I mean, have you seen the photo? <laughs> I mean, once they say it, you're like, okay, I guess. So they're like oblong nipples. Yeah. Right? I mean, they're, very, they're, they're smaller, but, you know, small almond shape. Let me see if I can get the. But an the... almond comes to a, am I think? Yeah, an almond comes to a point. Uh-huh. Two ends. He's <laughs> very really strong. I've got a good body. Good for well, you, David Beckham. By the way, that's my point. Is like if you're like if I had that body, it, I'd have those tattoos too, man. God, the thing would be so different. Do you? Th- the weird thing is like you, the the nipples. That's that's what women are attracted about, David <laughs> yeah, Beckham. Right. I don't buy it. I don't <laughs> yeah, buy good that. Point. Good I, the, point. the money, the, like you just said, right. he's obviously in right. shape. Everything else, it doesn't make any, five grand. What a waste. Right. What a waste of money. You know, Vern. Uh, sure, you're bald, a little overweight, <laughs> teeth aren't co- you know great. Uh, but, man, those nipples are right. You know, no one talks <laughs> like that. I'm That's saying. a great point. No. The reason why you're attracted to David Beckham is top to bottom. Yeah. Bank. Right? <laughs> Athlete. It's not, oh, well, you know what? He's, he's, it's, if George Mirasan, rest in peace, had almond-shaped nipples, he wouldn't be a heartthrob uh-huh. in the NBA. No, it's. Yeah, I don't think all of a sudden on the Bumble profile I should add in uh, almond shape, which I don't have them anyway, but uh, uh, almond shaped nipples. I don't think that's going to get me some more likes, Drew. You, you should do that for like a Maybe week. And just see if, too. You should do it for a week and just see if there's a, see if there's an uptick in your matches. Are you a no shirt guy often? No, dude, I'm just a normal guy. I don't have <laughs> I don't go to the gym. Are you kidding me? Just a normal body, skinny yeah. white dude. That's it. That's me. Well. Yeah. That's it. No. Again, if you are an athlete, if you're any, you know, if you're anybody that plays at yeah, a pressure level. I think level, that's fake. I think like two really rich, rich weirdos did that. Like, you know, those, remember those twin guys that had like just so much uh, plastic surgery on their faces? I had, to, I had to look it up. They looked like the moon men by the end. I think they both passed <laughs> well, away. Well, but that, that, that's where you just have too much money. Uh, you know, narcissistic tendencies. Yeah. Those are the people that are doing that. Not it seems average. Like, there's no way. Bill it, from Blue Springs. <laughs> He's not getting all the yeah. shaped nipples. Please, yeah, please text in if you have had nipple surgery as a man. Please, please let us know. I would imagine you're eager to tell someone about it. Eager to take your you shirt off. You should be off. prideful. It's a lot of money that doesn't get showcased very often. So if you have five grand to your nipples, women will definitely be into you because, yeah, you're wasting five grand. Yeah, again, that you're just rich, that you're just loaded. Right. That's probably fair. If you have five grand to spend, by the way, it sounds like the conversation's going, you might as well spend it on trying to get like David Beckham in terms oh, of the muscular, trainer and all that. In terms yeah. of the muscle yeah. and body. That takes a lot of work, though. <laughs> That's yeah. true. I'm not really willing, willing to work. I want to throw money at the issue. Can you give me a pill that will fix my body? We were just talking earlier about McDonald's and fries and all. This is also part of it. Unless you're Q. And I realized I, I, right after we were talking to Q about the not eating McDonald's, we were talking about I said, oh, what do, you, what do you think the expectation is for Q this year? Obviously, we're talking about the manager in that sentence. Right. Do you think manager Q has had McDonald's? My guess is yes. Without question. 100% yes. has to him. <laughs> Whereas uh, our former intern now, well, he was a producer. Career minor league player uh, and then manager. He wasn't raking in. You know, minor league ball players are not making much, not making a living wage quite often. Here we go on the text line, Vern. See if you think this was worth it. 913-586-7610 from the A16. Got my legs lengthened and nipples enhanced. Fake. I'm swimming in it. Uh-huh. Sure you are. Sure. 
I've seen the land. I talked to Pete. I, I, I talked to Pete about this though. He he. I don't know if he wants me to share. He he. Sorry, Pete. He mentioned that uh, if he could spend money, he would he would get his legs lengthened. That'd be taller. On pla- you know you, what? Plastic. You've seen the plastic surgery, right, or whatever surgery it's called. Where I've people seen the can, pro- I've seen. It the, seems extremely painful. Where do they? They they basically they, they extend your bones out or somehow or something. Yeah. Or they add bone in or There's something. There's like a device they wrap around your leg and, and it, they essentially pull apart or pull at your Sounds so painful. Sounds to, like, and you're like two inches taller, three inches taller. Are we sure that someone didn't just make a very good video of a Stretch Armstrong <laughs> <laughs> and made it come across real? You can't Surgery stretch people's legs be... I mean, I remember Tom Brady had that, sure. you know, you want your muscles lean. And... Uh-huh. I-, I love how you're, you're saying fake. Yeah, a mechanized rod into your leg. The, the, this place in either the femur, the tibia, or sometimes in both bones. After the procedure, you'll use a magnetic handheld device to rotate the gears of the rod from the outside of your leg each day. This yeah. causes the rod to extend slightly. You know how painful that is. Miserable life. Go I don't when, know. Do what you want to do. I don't. When, when you're describing this and and all you hear is Rinse fake. That, that's the way. That, that's what my wife says whenever the moon comes up. I talk about the moon fake. That's my. That's my, my yeah. Does your wife think the the lunar landing? You guys see that yesterday? I guess we had yeah. a, a lunar landing on the moon, and uh, it was what the the first one. I thought the moon landing was fake. I, in uh, in high oh, school or something. Yeah. Though? Tenth grade. My. Uh, do you believe prob, it's real now? Prob and statistics teacher allowed me to teach the class for the entire hour. Of why the moon landing was fake. That was just some 15-year-old idiot, and he let me teach the class. Now, Drew brought it up because we, we had a funny conversation one day because all of a sudden we were talking random conspiracy theories or whatever, sure. and, and he said his wife didn't believe in the moon landing, and then we just had some fun with that. But then I wondered if she believed the first American spacecraft to accomplish the feat yesterday since 1972, if, if we believe that it touched down on the moon last night. She said, um, fake. Really? She, she does See, not that, buy, that to me was always it, one yeah. of the issues. I'm like, how come we're not going there all the time? How come we haven't it's expensive. been there? <laughs> a lot of things are expensive and they throw have, money. You know, yeah, but there's a lot of fine nipples. Well, it's apparently. happening more now because we've got these private companies that, like, you know, NASA oh, sure. is separated from, you know, the funding stuff from the government. So it's it's its own thing. That's why, like, SpaceX, yeah. last night they launched another 20 satellites up in up into space. Yeah. Would you, Vern, well, would SpaceX you? SpaceX has, like, 60% of... The satellites up there. Would so. you, if money was taken care of, and they at some point in your lifetime, for the most part, what I would call perfected, there's always risk, but for the most part, perfected travel to the moon. No. Would you go if it was free for you? And they had done five thousand trips, let's say, and it was a ninety percent. I'm not even going on the Ferris wheel downtown. Oh, really? I ain't going you won't, to the moon. I don't, Vern, I don't <laughs> like heights. I, I can't stand thing. heights either, but you won't go on that. They built that thing way too quick. Oh. I need three or four people to fall before I get on there. Or not. So you need. You well, need I don't want an accident to happen, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I need them to. We got doors flying off airplanes. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't trust. So will you sit exit row still now after the airplane door thing? Yeah, I'm really not afraid on planes. That yeah. was just uh, making a point of. <laughs> okay, I didn't know where, where planes have been around for a very long time, but we still have doors flying off. They they threw that, that, was, that Ferris wheel up in like sounds 15 like they minutes. just forgot to put the bolts on or tighten it. Like That's it, right. true, it's a base, you know, yeah. basic air. Yeah, seems problematic. Have you been on the Ferris wheel? Not yet. I, that seems. Do you think that's a good? First date after drinks thing, or is that further down the road? You know, where you've had a couple dates. Yeah, not first date. First date's too much. Too much. Just you and I. We could get stuck up here. I'm not even sure I like it. Yeah, no. I think that's 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 at least second or third date before you say, oh, after drinks, let's go check out the Ferris wheel thing. Right. Once she knows you're not a creep. There you go. Didn't we find out that that, that the, the... 
the box itself, it's more than just two people. It, yeah, it can hold like eight six, people. Like six eight. The one yeah. in Vegas, it's like 30 people. It's like Those pods are huge in, in the, the one in Vegas. I don't yeah. care for that either. I feel like that... <laughs> That's why I don't go golfing now anymore because you always have to play with someone you don't know. And I, you and no Drew thanks. can go. Drew's That's a big golf. Drew's good. But then they, yeah, you got to, you got to team up with these guys. And I don't want to play with these guys. Well, I suck at golf. Vern, I do too. Vern can team up with me, Drew and Dusty, and we'll just like you can be with Dusty. Dusty's I can be with, too good. Well, that's the thing. You can and be it comes with Dusty. too natural, and he's too confident. He's very confident, and as he should be, he's really good. But. Drew, Drew, I'm, I'm the Drew says I, he's better than Dusty. No, I, I yep. didn't. I he said, said he's better than Dusty. He threw up a thirty. He said he's better than a thirty-nine the other day. Better yes. than Dusty. He said he's the best golfer at the station. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's Drew right. said already. Nice, good for you, man. I'm talk talking all the cash, and yeah. No, what, what about <laughs> who's that? You giving Dusty a middle finger? Is that what? Wow. No. Oh, Gold is making it seem like I am, but I've oh, already I think said you are, on man. the show multiple I, times that yeah. I think you Dusty said you're sick of hearing Dusty talk about golf and that you're better than him, and he needs to start respecting your golfing abilities. Uh, Adam's point. Yeah. May nineteenth. Oh, is, is that is that where you? Uh, I played there play? once. <laughs> oh, okay. I was good in the front nine, then drank too many beers, and it all. If went you want to go play golf, Vern, we will go play golf. I, I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy it. I get too frustrated. You have to practice a lot to yeah, be good. A lot. I'm not yeah. going to do that, and I I don't enjoy doing something that I'm not good at. I'll drive the golf cart, fair. have a few beers, watch you guys, and I'll occasionally I'll, I'll occasionally I'll swing a club. Okay, that's all I, like I need. That. That's all I I'll need. I'll do that. I just don't want to be called a quitter because I am going to yeah. quit. Oh no, no, I don't even need to keep score. For, I don't. For, care. I'm, <laughs> I'm so bad. Good. Like, I like I, it. I haven't swung other than Top Golf. I haven't swung a club at a golf course in two and a half good? years. How could you be? Not good? you can't. No. Just, just a prerequisite, Gold, for you. Just because just because you're driving driving the car doesn't mean you don't have to pay. It's 50, it's like fifteen bucks for you to. That's fine. To that's fine. fine. You think yeah. Gold's worried about fifteen bucks? We'll see. I, I need I need to win about fifteen bucks on the Royals today, baby. Got a little bet in Royals money line, money line plus money. Yes, let's hey, go. I'm with it. How much time we got? We're <laughs> we in got Kansas, we, baby. We, you got time. Vern, appreciate it, man. Our Royals insider. You'll start hearing him every Thursday night for Vern's hot stove, and of course, once the season starts, on deck show, post game show. Can't wait for that. Royals baseball. It's good to say that let's again. Go. That's coming up next, right here on Six Ten Sports Radio. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.